Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio on our Sunday morning tradition that enters into its ninth season, its 27th episode, getting logged in right now. Cuervo and I, we looked at all of the divisions last weekend, a couple weeks before, and now since we finished it all up, it completely goes kaboom on us, as there's been a lot of news within the NFL. We're going to cover that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, because that's just what we do. That's just what we do best. Welcome on in, as a lot of things going now, these pre-game, or preseason games are really going to affect somebody. And guys that are missing, whether it be injuries or stupidity, which a lot of it's stupidity. Come on, let's be honest. They're they're NFL football players, okay? They're not scholars. Um, So we got some pretty dumb football players out there, and they do what they do. And we'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about those right here in my locs. I got some mad love from Des Bryant. Hey, you can get his merch for 60% 60% off at a lot of places out there. But I'm telling you, and I told everybody, don't mark off the idea that Ryan comes back to this football team. Now, we can sit here and talk all day long what someone said. We can sit here and talk about what people's attitudes are. We can sit here and talk about what a football team needs. When you see talent, they'll go after it. Question here is, in reality, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, are you serious? As far as this is the guy, these are the guys you're going to go as your wide receivers going into the season? How long is that going to last? Is it going to last after one, two, three games before Jerry Jones will pull out a checkbook again? For Des Bryant, I'm telling you right now, this thing is set up for this guy to come back here. This guy is a miserable human being, okay? Sonny Clark has no love for Des Bryant. If you are the lowest of low and even can sink even lower than that by hitting your mother, okay, you you won't have a lot of respect coming your way from me. But Jerry Jones, on the other hand, He likes guys like this. And I say he likes guys like this because he keeps bringing them on. So big time stuff right here in Dallas. I mean, Dallas can't even get out of their own way right now. The questions about the wide receivers, uh, defensive linemen, is he going to be suspended for game number one or not? We'll talk about all that here. 
We'll talk about some of the big news that's going on, and I'm talking about big news. The Chicago Bears defensively are doing what the Minnesota Vikings are, which is stacking up defensively and leaving the mind the question on the offensive side of the football. Now, they got a great new quarterback there. Of course, I'll talk to Cuervo about but I'm going to tell you, the Chicago Bears are definitely trying to they, – they had a long laundry list of defensive players this football team has brought into them. They're known to be the monsters of the midway for a reason. But I'm going to tell you straight out, that the Chicago Bear defense is going to be solid. It's going to be like the Minnesota Vikings of last year. So what's going to happen? Who's going to be where? Robert Griffin surviving the Ravens final cut. That's a big story. And I'll talk to you a little bit about it as well. And why? Just a Sonny Clark thought. We'll be talking about that. It's also a lot of things that in the news that we got to talk about. The Bills trade, uh, make a trade, A.J. McCarron to the Oakland Raiders. What are the Bills thinking? I, I, this, this is one that really confuses me, and this came down the pike here just a little bit ago. A.J. McCarron's going to back up uh, their car in Oakland. Great for the Oakland Raiders. How about another guy who gets moved? Looking at from the New York Jets, Teddy Bridgewater hitting the road, going to be backing up in New Orleans. These are number one quarterbacks that are being stuck with being backup quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater should be a number one. A.J. McCarron should be a number one. There are a lot of football teams out there in the looks for number one, and these other teams just didn't do their homework or – even put out a feeler to these teams to try to get a Teddy Bridgewater or an A.J. McCarron. Someone's dropping the ball, and if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL and you're a general manager and those two trades go down and you and your team's quarterback you know, just like kind of sucks, you might be looking for another job fairly quickly. But because Teddy Bridgewater can start on any football team Without a problem. Teddy Bridgewater, being a backup quarterback, needs to happen like I need to gain another 20 pounds. This is ridiculous. A.J. McCarron should be a starter somewhere. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I, I and, and the 49ers take a big hit at these preseason games. ACL, Jarek McKinnon. Gone. He's gone for the year. I mean, not too many people can go and do the, you know, Adrian Peterson thing, which, by the way, we didn't even get an opportunity to talk about this guy going to Washington. How about this? Matt Barkley on IR from the Bengals. Some some crazy stuff going on out there. Glepsby, Brandon Bolden, cut 
from the Patriots. The Steelers, they keep Dobbs and they cut Landry Jones, quarterback. Seahawks gets Daniels from the Colts in exchange for Johnson. Marcus Johnson is a good wide receiver. And I will tell you, Daniels, Seahawks, Need a need a tight end? They grab him, Daryl Daniels. This guy's a this guy's a baller. He's a baller, and, and, and he's gonna. Oh, I'm sorry, a baller. Not er. I, I Sonny put Sonny did the bad thing. He put the R on the end of it. He's a baller. How about Donald getting his money? He's got paid, and not only did he get paid, he got. Paid the most. Aaron Rodgers, he got paid, and, and, and he's the most. Each side of the football, obviously, offensively and defensively. How about the cornerback from the Oakland Raiders? Daryl Woodley's been suspended for the first four games for violating the NFL policy on substance abuse, not sports-enhancing substance abuse. Guys out there doing drugs. NFL football players making millions of dollars out there doing drugs. I guess I guess money doesn't do much for your brains. I mean, it, 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 I, yes, I know. I'm rough on football players. And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm rough on these guys that make a lot of money. And, yes, I guess I don't want them to make mistakes. Yes, I guess that's what it is. Or, yes, you know, I don't think they deserve second or third or fifth chances I mean, after the first, I mean, if you're working down the street at your McDonald's and you're puffing on some uh, puffing on some weed, you don't get a second chance. I'm I'm so tired of that, by the way. And, and if you can tell, I'm annoyed today. I am annoyed, okay, because of stupidity and, and people out there just hey, Des. Now, granted, now I'll put it out there. Des Bryant hasn't been arrested. But he's just a miserable human being, scumbag that he is. I've been beat down this week, guys. I, you know, I've been working hard because I am the hardest working man in sports radio, and I've been beaten down from my political side too. We won't get into that. Of course, this is a sports show. But yeah, I, I'm rough on these guys. These guys make millions of dollars, and they, you know, and you know, if this is any place else, uh, all these, oh, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. Well, what about what about the guy down the street that puffs a little, uh, puffs a little uh, marijuana on the weekend, goes in Monday for a pizza at McDonald's, and he loses his job? What about those guys? Or it, it doesn't even have to be a guy at McDonald's. Pathetic. It, 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 extremely pathetic. Oh, but football players should get about six or seven chances and continue making the money they make. Yeah. It, it is what it is. Vikings release 11th year defensive end. How about Brian Robinson? Gone. He may end up on another football team. Odell Beckham, he gets his money. A lot of people getting a lot of money. Guys that are going to be in line, watch out. 
There's going to be some guys in line looking to get more money. And Lord forbid, we need more quarter, more wide receivers begging for more money. Or guys who are not even close to being ready to get paid. And they get lined up and get paid just because they got a big mouth and just because they can play. I, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I am. I'm. I, I, I'm. I'm on my. I'm on the defensive here. Because yeah, I'm. T- I'm tired of listening to these belly ache. There are some that are belly aching that ended up being smart, and we'll talk about those guys a little bit later. Especially after Odell Beckham signed what he did, man. I'm telling you right now, there's somebody down, down in Atlanta is just foaming at the mouth to get to the freaking. Uh, signing table for a new new contract should he get should he not hell i don't know but i'm going to tell you right now lots of stuff going on lots of stuff now that haven't been said of course that's the name of this show i gotta go ahead and do this because he is here hit the button you didn't know your ass better call somebody Uh-oh, I think I'm dragging. I think I'm dragging because I can tell by the intro. Am I dragging there, Cuervo? Should we do this a different way? Well, Sonny, it started off good. Yo, yo, Cuervo. I, I you after. Sonny, good morning. Good morning. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch it over because I can do that because I'm just that good. All right, but I want you to, I want first of all, I want you to jump in, talk about your bears for a second. It'll take me a second to come back in. I'm going to come back in on a different line. Well, 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 let's just say, okay, shocked was not even the word to describe what I saw when I woke up Saturday morning and, and saw the news that we acquired, uh, I don't know. I guess you could say a top three pass rusher in the NFL. Look, Sonny, as a Bears fan, this doesn't happen very often, all right? The last time that the Bears made a big trade like this, a big signing like this, was when we traded for Jay Cutler in 2009. Now, you can laugh all you want, okay? But let's go back to 2009 when Jay Cutler was a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Denver Broncos. All right. That's the reason Bears fans were so excited. We thought we were getting that guy, the guy throwing for 45 touchdowns or however many touchdowns it was at the time. Uh, you know, 40 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, uh, you know, mobile guy that, that, that can sling the ball. And, and he did. The only problem was we, when you look back, there was a huge difference between what the Denver Broncos were doing offensively and what the Chicago Bears did offensively. So that's why it didn't quite work out. Um, you know, nothing, nothing against Jay. I know we make a lot of jokes about him, but, but when you really think about it and you go into the history of the Chicago Bears, you know, quarterback legacy, there's not a whole lot there. But Jay Cutler, whether, whether Bears fans like it or not, or, or, or whether anybody likes it or not, is, I mean, he's, he's one of the top, three to five quarterbacks in the history of the franchise. So now fast forward to yesterday and, you know, 
the deal that they make for Khalil Mack, which which the extension's already gone through, and it's a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, I have to say, I love Ryan Pace right now. I love what he's doing uh, as far as you know, creating opportunities to bring in guys like these because the GMs before really did a horrible job of of creating space and creating opportunities, and and Ryan Pace has done that in the three years that he's been the GM of the Chicago Bears. So kudos to him. You know, um, you know, hopefully they don't feel like they're satisfied with the roster that they have. There's a lot of work to do on offense, in my opinion. I just think that, you know, whether, you know, although it looks good and, and all the signings that they've made are, are you know, are, are showing the, the, the paradigm shift offensively, I think there's still work to be done, especially up front. And I'm sure you'll agree with me on that, Sonny. Definitely, but here's what I'll also say, though. They're turning, they're kind of turning into their counterparts right there in their own division of the NFC North, Cuervo. I mean, they're turning right into the Minnesota Vikings all over again, but obviously the history being with the Monsters of the Midway, the People Purple Leaders, you know, that NFC North has got a habit of grabbing defense first more so than offense. But I'm I'm in full agreement with you, Cuervo. There is a big situation on the offensive side of the uh, ball that the the um, the Chicago Bears have got to do, and they need to get somebody to throw the football to. Now, granted, they got some guys, but they need that big name. They're going to go this year without it, Cuervo, but, man, I, I don't know if that's something they really want to continue to do year in, year out when you've got the young talent at the quarterback position that they got. Well, you know, I mean, and, and as a Jaguars fan, Sonny, I, I mean, I know you've seen Allen Robinson up, up close and personal, so – Yep. You know, a lot of people are are starting to write him off already just because of the injury he had last year. You can't judge a guy off of something that happened once. Uh, you know, it, it, it's different from a guy like Kevin White who has played like five games in three seasons for the Bears. You know, that's a different story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost that's a, drop a miracle the right there, there <laughs> it, No, it really was. And, and you know – that, that right there, that would be a shock if Kevin White can stay healthy. Uh, you know, but for a guy to call him injury prone and, and think, you know, after, after you know, ha- suffering one injury in his, in his whole career, you know, let's not forget if you go and you look at the stats in 2016, Allen Robinson was a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I mean, this is a yep. guy that had, I think, what, 1,300 yards receiving, something like that, close to. Double digit Dutch, uh, double digit touchdowns. So he was a premier receiver down in Jacksonville. He was he was a weapon uh, with the Jaguars. So uh, you know how soon people forget the production that he had just two years ago. And you know some of the other guys are a little bit unproven. You know guys like Taylor Gabriel uh, coming from Atlanta, uh, Trey Burton, who is going to forever be known for the guy that threw the touchdown pass to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. You know, leader of the Philly special play. That's what he's going to be known for. But uh, this kid brings a lot more than just, you know, just the one play that, that you know him uh, from. You know, I mean, he's, he's got great blocking skills. That's what the Bears need. Uh, you know, he can go out and catch some passes if you need him to. Um, so he, he's an all-around you know, solid tight end who's going to contribute wherever, you know, the Bears need him to contribute. And then, you know, so I, I, I think that all around, that you know, it, it, they're not splash names, Sonny, and I understand that. 
but I think collectively there's a group that can can really help Trubisky out um, and, and hold him over. And, and, you know, obviously, of course, the running game is, is solid. So I, I think – I don't think we're going to be a top-10 offense, obviously. I would say probably somewhere in the low teens or, or in the 20s would probably be more realistic. Um, but I don't think we're a number 30 offense in, in the league anymore either. Yeah, that's where you got to look at where you were last year compared to where where you're going. And Mitchell Trubisky has a lot to do with that as far as what the future holds for this football team. And if you're a Chicago Bear fan such as you, you do got to like the direction. And that's always been a problem is direction when it comes to the Chicago Bears, at least for the last four seasons, Cuervo, because you didn't know where it was going. Now you kind of know where it's going. The question is, is will they continue? It's obvious which way they're going. They're going, obviously, defense first, and they'll figure out Mitchell Trubisky and everybody else a little bit later on and find out what the best fit is, and they're going to see what they can do with it this year. Um, the simple fact of the matter is, and I'll put it out there, I'm surprised that your Bears aren't going for it, Des Bryant. I mean, you get the number one, you get a Mitchell Trubisky, but how much would that disrupt where Mitchell Trubisky is in his development when you bring on a Des Bryant or that kind of, a, you know, you know, personality and put him into the middle of your locker room and in the middle of your huddle? Well, and I think that's I, mean, I think that's what it's about, Sonny. You know, I think the plan is to surround Mitch with with guys that are going to be a good good influence on him, guys with good character. And let's face it, you know, as talented as Des Bryant is, he doesn't have the best character. Um, you know, he's I mean, he runs his mouth. He's a scumbag. He, 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 he criticizes coaches, so you know that's not a guy that you want to bring around a young quarterback who who is still learning the game, who can still be very influential, uh, you know, based off of guys that have been in the league for a while. That's why I think a guy like an Allen Robinson, a guy like a Trey Burton, that's why you brought. That's why you bring those guys in. Those are guys that you never hear anything about them off the field. Uh, right. You know, they contribute to their tre- they contribute to their teams, uh, however they can. And I think that those are better suited guys for a second year quarterback like Mitch. Character who, guys. Yeah, yeah, I got a, a good character, um, you know, because that could go both ways, you know, character guys. So I, I think bringing a Des Bryant in would just just be a complete, the complete opposite of what they're probably looking to have uh, in the locker room for Mitch. So I, I think I think that's why. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think um, offensively, you know, from a production standpoint, I think he. He brings a lot to the table. He brings a lot to the table for any team that's him. Uh, however, I think, you know, when, when, you, when you really look into it, teams are, are thinking probably, you know, do we sacrifice at risk of, of, you know, a guy that has, you know, questionable character for production or, you know, wins? And it's like I said last week, you know, if you can get a guy for half the price that can give you the same production and you don't have the off the field or any type of, you know, in-house problems, then that's what that's the direction teams are going to go. So I think that's that has a lot to do with why Des Bryant is still waiting for a team to give him an offer. I agree. I, you know, and 
and, and that character is going to be a lot that he's going to have to overcome, whether it be this year or, you know, believe me, there are excuses being fla- flown around on why he's not on a roster, and there's really only one excuse of the reason why, and that's him himself. Um, so he only has himself really in reality to blame. And, you know, I go back to that Amazon video thing that they got going on. It's called All for Nothing, where the Dallas Cowboys were there, and he showed what kind of person he is, and then everybody kind of knows what he's like in the locker room. Because let's be honest, him in the locker room at Oklahoma State University compared to where he is right now, those are two different planes as far as, and obviously different years and obviously different experiences now are behind him. The question will be is, is that you had a guy who needed a babysitter in high school for the first three years of his career in the NFL, and now that he doesn't have the babysitter, and he, we're right back to talking about Des Bryant being a Des Bryant kind of guy. And the Des Bryant kind of guy is not the kind of guy that is going to be looked upon because all you got to do is look at one guy who's in the Hall of Fame right now did his Hall of Fame speech outside the Hall of Fame is how he felt like an outsider. Him and Des Bryant were kind of like the same guy, um, but Terrell Owens just had, you know, just didn't lay his hands on his mother. Uh, so I have a little bit more respect for a Terrell Owens than I do for a Des Bryant, but it's that same kind of mentality of that player. And we are now seeing a change on a lot of NFL teams. A lot of NFL teams used to take, you know, take a stab at these guys and seeing what they can do. You can go back and I'll tell you the one that really shocked me during the time was the fact that they went ahead and grabbed Randy Moss and put him with the new, uh, the new England Patriots kind of like a questionable character kind of guy uh, going to a team that was kind of, you know, know set I mean a team that you know had good character guys you know they had already ran through a lot of the things that they ran through as an organization where uh, you know but grabbing up a questionable guy like that you know we're not seeing a lot that this year I remember when we would sit here on this show and say if this guy's got talent this guy's going to get a job guess what that's falling through the cracks right now Cuervo it's not happening as much no, no, it's not, Sonny. And, and I think, you know, teams are starting to realize, and this is something I, that I've been thinking about, too, you know, as far as the wide receiver. Just focus on the wide receiver position for a second, okay? Yep. When it comes to wide receivers, Sonny, you know, obviously they're influential inside a, a locker room, inside an organization and things like that, okay? So they get a lot of publicity. They get a lot of, uh, uh, you know, news and, and, and whatnot. But, but this is this is the one that I've been really like thinking a lot about, and and I, I did a little bit of homework, and I, and I tried to uh, you know research as much as I can with, with my time. But you know, not only are receivers influential for you know franchises and, and, and locker rooms and stuff like that, they're also very influential to fans. Okay, so especially the younger generation. And what I'm getting at is looking at, you know, uh, 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 fans and, and, and younger generations, about eight out of every ten fan, their favorite player on their team is a wide receiver. And, and I think what that portrays is that they're the ones that get the attention, but that's also why they get, you know, they have the, the – I guess the mindset that they have, they have the character that they have. 
And I think for teams, they want guys that are going to, you know, have good character. They don't want those those diva-type receivers. And, and I think that's a big reason, too, why teams are so hesitant to sign those type of receivers because they don't, they don't want it to be a problem within the organization, but they don't also, they also want to give a good image to the fan base. And, right. you know, when you, when you sign a guy with character, it's like, okay, well, what are you saying to fans? Like, we just don't, we don't care about uh, how it looks and, and we just want to win games for some teams. Yeah. And that, that could be, that could be the situation. And I get it. That's what it's all about. But, Guys like the owner, uh, you know, those are the ones that are thinking about, the, you know, their image. And when you bring in a receiver with baggage, like, you're, you're risking your image uh, changing. So, I mean, you think about it. Prime example, a team like the New York Giants have never been known to, uh, you know, be a team with, you know, with flashy uh, uh, character type guys. Now they have Odell Beckham, and that's, that's the first thing we think about when we think – when we talk New York Giants – the first thing everybody wants to talk about is Odell Beckham Jr. Why? Because mm-hmm. he's an influential uh, uh, guy who plays the position of wide receiver. And so that's what everyone's drawn to when they think about the New York Giants, you know? Uh, so, you know, now the Pittsburgh Steelers is a different example because they have such a history, you know, with the, with the steel curtain and, and all that stuff. That's why you don't think about Antonio Brown. But when you ask a younger person, that's the first thing that they're thinking about is, man, Antonio Brown is, is, you know, he's a beast or, you know, whatever people say about him. And it's a lot of younger Steelers fans. That's their favorite players. So, that you know, receivers are a lot more influential than they realize. I think you're absolutely right about the influence that they put upon it and the classic reasoning and you, how you put it is the younger fan. The younger fan are looking at those. Uh, and I guess the older guys like me, I mean, I'm just looking for all-around character. That's the reason why I like the Steelers. Now, the Steelers have had their problems. I mean, look at what they had with Ben Roethlisberger in the, in the uh, bar room incident slash rape or whatever you want to call it that came out to nothing. Uh, they have had their problems, but it's the way that they handle the problems within house that has been a real big difference. Um, but I think, and, and, and I may still be wrong, when those Ben Roethlisberger things were coming out, the, the Internet was there. It wasn't like it wasn't, but it wasn't as much as an influence as it is in today. All you got to do is go back to that time when Ben Roethlisberger was being accused of that stuff in the lock, in, in a bar, in a, in a bathroom and stuff like that. The Internet was alive, don't get me wrong. But now, you know, not everybody was going to the Internet for their news. Now that's where everybody goes for their news, Cuervo. Um, And we're talking about three or four years, you know, difference between that time. Actually, I think it's been longer than that. I thought, you know, honestly, I remember us talking about this when I first uh, started coming on the air with you. I I think it's been, I think it's been longer than five years. Regardless, what I would say has changed between then and now is the social media aspect. Social media yes. has blown up so fast, so much, yes. that that's the part that wasn't around when the Ben Roethlisberger situation happened. Now, yes. if, if, that, if that incident happened... It was happened, just getting started. You know, 
you know, it, it, it was it, just it, and the happen- reason why I say that. The reason why I say that, Cuervo, it was just getting started because I just became, I came up on Facebook. So, and that was 2009, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that area. And obviously social media has taken off within the last five years. And that is also another indicator on where, you know, where, where people and teams are going, you know, in reality in this new world and how much has changed. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, if I remember right, I think that's when it happened, when social media started becoming more popular and, and, and more things were developing. You know, I think Facebook was around. But I don't think Twitter was, was really a big thing. Uh, Snapchat was definitely not a big thing. Uh, Instagram was, I don't even think, was, was invented yet. So the point I'm making is, like, everybody got your information. You got it from Facebook, okay? And, and even then, it was more about. See, you see what I'm saying? Like it was a year after yep. we came on the air, and and so, you know, all these different social media websites and, and apps and all that stuff weren't really there was, wasn't really much. But let's say yeah, this, they didn't have the influences year, they have now. Yeah, and so now let's 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 just say you know for scenario purposes that that incident would have happened last year. Okay, we're, I mean, our perspective on it would probably be a lot different. I agree. If, yep. if that's something that would have happened. I mean, look at, look at how we're treating Jameis Winston, prime example. Okay, this is something that happened two years ago to him. And two years later, we're bashing him on social media. And the NFL yep. is, suspends him for something that happened two years ago, and, and people failed to report it. But yet, look at look at how he's being perceived. Uh, you know, he's a scumbag and and things like that. I mean, now granted, his history doesn't help him out. But when you look at this one incident that he that he's had, I mean, you know, again, what if what if we replace the name Jameis Winston with Ben Roethlisberger? How do we look at it? Absolutely, now? I agree. I think it'd be a different story, Cuervo. Without question, it would be. And, and and that's because of the influence of the internet and where it is. There is no question. And it's the reason why it frustrates me is because every time somebody comes up with something on the internet, everybody's got to have it. And it's usually new. Mm-hmm. It's usually something that has information that you normally can't get anywhere else. But if you take a look at the trend of where the internet has gone just within 2010, we're not getting our news on ESPN TV anymore. We're giving it on our cell phones being tweeted out to us and being uh, updated on your cell phone and back in 2010 the only thing you had was a cell phone flip phone and the only reason why I know flip phone because it was very popular on the on the show that I used to watch a lot which was 24 and Jack Bauer had the flip phone whenever he got mad he just flipped it over which I thought was kind of cool um, but you know now it is it, it, these phones there are many computers and they the instantaneous of that picture getting out of someone doing something stupid where they don't think anybody's looking. Those are the things that are gaining the attention across this country without question. And where it will lead them sooner or later within their career, a la Des Bryant, him hitting his mother, um, and how people look at him as he's a scumbag. Um, you know, it's you know, people can develop a, a quicker response to news that is just, uh, it, you know, 
on the negative side more so than the positive because let's be honest, the positive posts out there don't get a lot of the attention. It's the negative. So we're definitely in a new world here when it comes to superstars or even it's not even superstars. Cuervo, if you're the if you're the backup quarterback you, and someone's got a camera and you're doing you're you're doing fire shots off of a woman's chest that's gonna hit the it's gonna hit the internet you know so it, it's not it's not even the superstars anymore that are are gonna have that problem it's gonna be the backups and things like that as well. No, absolutely, especially if 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 you're a uh, household name, you know, a backup guy. I mean. You know, and and you're an avid NFL watcher, then you're gonna know who. Uh, that wow, oh, wow, big news coming out uh, in Denver, Sonny. So, but yeah, I mean, anybody anybody that knows the NFL and knows knows certain names will know who guys are. Like Kate, you know, it could be yeah, it could be anybody. I mean, an RG three in in Baltimore, uh, you know, he's the backup quarterback, but people know who he is. And if he does yep. something, people are going to know about it. And people are going to know, you know, who that is. And, you know, people are going to criticize him for whatever he would have done wrong. But, uh, but yeah, big news coming out of Denver. Speaking of quarterbacks. Uh, and I hit that thank like you for that, Sonny. <laughs> yeah. So, Sonny, big news coming out of Denver. Um, it doesn't give any, give any details. But uh, Paxton Lynch has been released by the Denver yes. Broncos. So, yes. very interesting. Also, wow, okay. Buffalo has traded A.J. McCarron to the Oakland Raiders. Hey, man. I don't know, man. Because, you know, I think the Buffalo Bills, I think, you know, prim and pretty, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, the suit and tie kind of thing, and that, that fits A.J. McCarron, but the Oakland Raiders and A.J. McCarron, boy, that's like oil and water right there, square well, I, I, you know, as far as reputation, I guess you could say, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense, though, because if you really think about it, uh, maybe not from a talent standpoint, but from a quarterback style perspective, Derek Carr and AJ McCarron are, are they're pretty much the same guy. Got a little bit of mobility, uh, but they're more known for being a pocket passer. So, Cuervo, um, I'm gonna um, tell you right now, uh, there are a lot of GMs out there that are in a lot of trouble, Cuervo. Okay, and the reason being that move right there is a problem. Okay. You look at Teddy Bridgewater. He's now a backup in New Orleans. Who's not picking mm-hmm. up the phone and contacting these guys? And teams that have quarterback problems, their GMs are going to be on the hot seat right away because those two guys can start on your football team if you've got, you know, the Josh McCowns. Now, granted, he's not going to start. They're going to start the rook up there. But you get my point. There are football teams out there that need quarterbacks. And uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, as well as an A.J. McCarron, they should be starting in the NFL, man. I, you know, with some of these guys that are actually getting the starting gig, makes you want to shake your head and go, what the hell is going on and who's not doing their job? And, and it, it, there are going to be a lot of, 
Next year, we're going to, I'm telling you right now, I'm putting it out there and I'm putting it out in there. A lot of GMs are going to be losing their jobs, especially if they have quarterback problems and they continue. Um, so now if you get a, if you got a team that's got a quarterback problem and they figure out how to make the playoffs and they're somewhat, somewhat good, they'll probably be okay. But teams that have a quarterback problem and they're, and they're not playing well and not making the playoffs or at least making a good showing, those GMs are going to be on the hot seat big time because if you can get A.J. McCarron and or Teddy Bridgewater, which are starting quarterbacks on a lot of football teams, and you didn't even make a fly offer at them, uh, you could be, I think you could be in a lot of trouble this year if you're a GM. Well, and, and I think that's the same song, song every year, really, for a lot of GMs. I mean, every year we focus on a team that, you know, is, is you know, where their coach is on the hot seat or a quarterback is, you know, fighting for, for his job, you know, like in Baltimore. I mean, the, the Ravens are a perfect example of, you know, Joe Flacco is, is in jeopardy of losing his starting role as, as the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. And at the same time, uh, which also means that John Harbaugh is on the hot seat in Baltimore as the head coach. So John Harbaugh should you know, they're, be on they're, the hot seat. Uh, without question, I, I both Harbaugh's are on yeah. hot seats right now, especially thanks to my Michigan Wolverines, yeah. you know, playing like dog crap yesterday. But 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 going to my theory, it's a, I don't know if you how much of the beginning of the show that you heard, but I think there is a theory in mob. I mean, look who they, look who they got, RG three. And that new rook out of there, okay? So at the quarterback mm-hmm. position, his name slipped in my mind, but they got that new rook. And, uh, Lamar Jackson. And, and, and guess what? The, Lamar Jackson is the number two and RG's number three. And the reason being is if Joe Flacco goes down or they have a change in concept, they have a backup quarterback to even Lamar Jackson with an RG3. Now, would, would RG3 mm-hmm. take over before Lamar Jackson Probably just because of NFL experience, that would be the right thing to do. But the Baltimore Ravens are lining themselves up to have a different type of look on the offensive side of the ball, meaning that pocket passer might be a thing of the past. And I don't know if that's good or bad when it comes to to the Baltimore Ravens, and especially in the division that they're playing in. Okay, really, if you if, if you really look at it honestly, they only got to worry about the Steelers. And if they can maintain and hold on close to the Steelers, it puts them in line of the of the wild card. So depending on how Joe Flacco, I think in reality, has four to five weeks to make sure that he wins some football games. If not, there's going to be little rumors and all the stuff and the talking behind the back is going to come, and Joe Flacco is going to be another guy. And that's why you mentioned the fact Joe Flacco up into the New York Giants, but they, the Giants still have that love affair with Eli Manning. But yet there's Joe Flacco. Put a flyer out for him. If you're a GM you might, and you don't have a good quarterback or a franchise-type quarterback, a la you know, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, the Arizona Cardinals in the quarterback. And you put a flyer on Joe Flacco. Throw something incredibly ridiculous at him. They'll counter with something maybe. You never know. So that would be the big question on a lot of GM's minds going into this offseason, especially if, they, you know, their quarterback situation has gone from bad to worse. No, yeah, and, and you know, that, that's exactly what it is, Sonny. I mean, that's probably – 
I mean, I would say that's the biggest job that a GM has is, is searching for that quarterback. So, yeah. Um, you know, and, and if, if GM can't do it, then it's, you know, you have to cut ties. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, all the teams in the NFL and really there's, there's very few teams that I would say really stick out as teams that either have a quarterback or they know for sure they don't have a quarterback, if that makes any sense. There's very few right. teams that are kind of questionable, like, you know, oh, is this guy going to work out? You know, and the, only, and the only real teams that I would say that about are, you know, the Tennessee Titans, I think, are a good example. I know you mentioned Marcus Mariota last week or two weeks ago. Yep. You're like, mm-hmm. you're, you're just, you're not completely sold on him yet. And, it, and it's understandable because he's very hit or miss. You know, one week he'll have a great game and the next he'll come out and, and he'll, he'll, you know, throw up a dud. Uh, I think, you know, Arizona, you mentioned them as well. Uh, you know, but the team, the team that a lot of people aren't really talking about that I think really need to look at maybe making some changes if it doesn't work out this year I'm looking at a team like the Miami Dolphins, Sony. Because, look, Ryan Tannehill has been in the league for, I want to say, I think he's going into Absolutely. his fifth or sixth year now. And let's, let's be honest. How has how, – like, how do you think he's done as the quarterback in uh, Miami? I mean, he sat last year out, obviously, because he tore that ACL. And I want to say it was the playoff game. He tore his ACL. Uh, or it might have been before that. I can't remember, but – it was the um, best thing that ever happened to him, Cuervo, that injury, for at least one more year for him to be out on a football field. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Ryan, uh, down there in Miami with, um, with uh, well, oh, crap, what's his name? We were just talking about I, I need to get my, my brain skills back on. Um, who's the quarterback there? Ryan Tannehill. Right, it's the best mm-hmm. thing that ever happened to him is getting injured because he would have been another one of those quarterbacks that might have been on the fly if he would have had a healthy year last year, Cuervo. He could have been, but you know, and if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're, you're going to find out fairly quickly on whether it is. But look at Buffalo. Buffalo just just came out and just right out and said, "Okay, it's Josh Allen." Okay, and we'll follow him up with with, with Nathan Perlman. We don't need AJ McCarron. Big mistake. I mean, because let's be honest, who's the better quarterback? Is it going to be Nathan Perlman or A.J. McCarron? Obviously, it's going to be Peterman, but they had more value, at, you know, chance in reality with an A.J. McCarron than they did with uh, Peterman. Peterman's disgusting football player. I mean, we saw him in, in, in times for Buffalo, and he is not good. He's bad. And so, you know, but – that football team has decided definitely Josh Allen's going to be the guy that's going to go in there and do what they need to do with them. And there's other teams that have done it, but Ryan Tannehill, he's on the hot seat before he even hits the football field in week number one. And then there's going to be mm-hmm. other questions. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put it out there, Cuervo. One of those two quarterbacks, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater or AJ McCarron are going to get traded again before the end of the season. You watch. Because of situations like Orion's in the hill, because of the Arizona Cardinals, where they're going to be, who's going to be out there, who could we get? And the, I'm going to tell you right now, the Arizona Cardinals should have been all over, over Teddy Bridgewater. This is a big, huge mistake. And and there are you know we are it, 
this season, I think we're going to see a lot of journeyman quarterbacks or quarterbacks turn into journeyman quarterbacks more so than obviously being in, on the same team for a long time. And Adrian McCarron's already, you know, a Bengal. Now, uh, you know, now he went to Buffalo. Now, uh, you know, now he's at the Raiders. Now, will the Raiders let him go sooner or later? He's going to be an automatic journeyman at the quarterback position, and this guy hasn't had an opportunity as a starter anywhere. And, and, and I think that's what hurts in A.J. McCarron. Yeah, it does. I mean, he hasn't really gotten a solid opportunity to play in the league. Yep. I mean, he, I'd say his biggest opportunity was that, that playoff game against the Steelers when, after Andy Dalton got hurt. And, you know, he almost won that game. He almost pulled it off. Uh, if I remember right, there was a couple of questionable calls in the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and on top of that, on Vontez Burfitt kind of ruined it too with that unnecessary roughness on Antonio Brown. So that kind yes. of put the Steelers in a position to win that game. So uh, no yep. help on, from the defense on, in that game for A.J. McCarron. So, um, you know, speaking of the Bengals, I think obviously that's another team. I know we talk about them a lot uh, with yes. Marvin Lewis. But, you know, more, more, more than him, you know, I mean, Andy Dalton. I mean, yep. you know, he's a guy that, you know, can throw 4,000 yards and, and that's great and all. Um, I, I mean, it's just what is he? Zero and four in the playoffs, I think, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Zero and maybe, maybe even zero and five. But you know, he's just Pathetic. not. He's just not a, a guy that that can get it done when you know it comes to the postseason. He has a chance to to really shine and and make himself a, a, a name in the league. And now he's just known as a guy that that puts up some pretty good regular season numbers and then fades away. In in the playoffs, so yeah, uh, I think that's that another guy. That Karen uh, trade had to be a value trade, Cuervo, because I mean, look look what they're doing. Then I just pulled this up. They're actually, if if you believe what is being written out there, okay, uh, Nathan Peterman is going to be the starter for the Buffalo Bills, not Josh Allen. And I'm I'm saying there's not that much of a difference. You it, it, and the Buffalo Bills, if they do not start Josh Allen, it's the biggest mistake they're going to be making as a franchise because of the fact that they got rid of an A.J. McCarron now. So the simple mm-hmm. fact of the matter is two days ago they're talking about Peterman being the guy, but this trade just happens today. I think that changes the whole landscape of the quarterback position for the Buffalo Bills square. Well, out of doubt in my mind they're going Josh Allen, and if they don't, I mean, what is the – really – what is the difference between Nathan Peterman, who has, what, two or three football games under his belt as an NFL football player, or Josh Allen? Those two or three football games mean absolutely nothing. It'd be different if Peterman was playing over for, like, two years and, you know, a solid starter somewhere. I get it. But the Buffalo Bills, they're already writing the check of not making the playoff if they start Nathan Peterman. Because what they'll do is they'll dedicate four games to him, and by that time, over there in the AFC East, it's going to be over. I mean, because the Patriots will be all over that and, like, like flies on it, and they're going to win the division, and then the Buffalo Bills only have a prayer for a wild card. And so they're already starting. And, 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 we haven't even taken one snap of the season yet, and the Buffalo Bills are making a make-or-break decision right now with that trade with A.J. McCarron. And um, knowing the way the uh, AFC East plays out, it's New England and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Everyone else is fighting for second. 
You're absolutely they're, right. They're fighting for I mean, they're fighting for a wild card, Cuervo. Well, yeah, that too. But you know, like you said, I mean, uh, you know, nobody's nobody's beaten New England. I would say nobody nobody else besides New England will probably beat the Steelers either. Yeah. So, you know, you think they it, regret trading like, Tyrod Taylor? I think they do now because I guess they. <laughs> They must realize, like, oh, we're not getting what we thought we were getting with AJ McCarron. So uh, they're probably thinking that maybe they should have kept uh, they should have kept Tyrod, or at least made the, every effort they could to hold on to him. Um, so I just tell you, I mean, there, there's big names. On. Yeah, there's well, big yeah. names that are being being cut. Uh, there's been a couple of injuries that have come down the past couple of days. Yeah. So. We'll talk about those. You know, San, San Francisco at the running back some position is another one that that makes me shaky on my pick. And, and believe it or not, it's Jimmy G loving, but he had the other weapons that were helping him, and he was one of them. The running back position over there in San Francisco is a real story for them. So we'll we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So here's what we're going to do, Cuervo. We're going to take our first break, and now it'll take us into the uh, up into the second hour as we are up in there and. I, you know, I, I know what I got to stop doing, which is trying to get on this. Since I got a good microphone for the phone now for the show, I'm going to just do that with the phone more so than set up a nice way because where I'm at, the Internet uh, via what we're doing is horrible. So we'll, we'll do that. But let's do that. Then we're going to take our quick break. When we come back, Cuervo, we'll dive into that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, we didn't get the opportunity to talk about the guys that got – this week, and we'll do that. We'll talk about the guys mm-hmm. who got the money when we come back. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it is that being said, it's our Sunday morning tradition that it continues on into the ninth season and our 27th episode. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals. 
and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costcoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, into our number two here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said, our Sunday morning tradition is continuing. Lots of things going on in the NFL. And this is no great big surprise. We just had the last preseason game of the season. By the way, programming note, 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 note for the people that do watch or listen to the show. 9 a.m. next week. 
is our kickoff time. Make sure you join us then and so you don't miss out as we will be covering all of the games that are happening in the three-hour sprint to the kickoff at the top of the hour, getting us on over to the Red Zone and Hanson kicking off yet another year of Red Zone. Good stuff going on. We'll be doing that next week. So watch out for that. Also, don't forget the Rowhead Eagles for my locals. They have the game that's happening. It's the over-the-bridge rivalry that happens with the Yellow Jackets. That game kicks off at 7.30 Friday night. Don't miss it. This one's going to be a good one. Um, Also, catch the pregame show. The pregame show will be up at 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon for all those that want to give a listen to that as well. So also we're going to have some special editions of on the air with Sonny Clark, as we got a couple of guys that wanted to get up and talk a little bit before the, uh, the actual elections coming up later on this week, Nathan Johnson is going to be with us as he is going to do his thing. And we're going to give him the time on, on the air with Sonny Clark to talk about the things that he wants to talk about as he, is running for uh, Senate in District 16, which covers Rowlett. So don't forget about the early voting on October 22nd to, to November 2nd. And then, of course, the election day is November 6th. So make sure that you don't forget about that. Uh, Rowlett makes me want to puke with their uh, turnout for their voting. So hopefully more than 2,000 of the 35,000 people that are registered to vote in Rowlett get off their big fat hineys and get over there and vote. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of it, so I'm putting it out there. That being said, we are on this uh, show. Is That's the name of our show. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are going down, Cuervo, because there are some good stuff going down. And, you know, and you kind of covered it a little bit, but I want to hop back up on it. As the Chicago Bears, they go ahead and they get their guy. Yes, they get their guy from Oakland. And... Whether or not you thought this was a good idea or not, or how the Oakland Raiders have screwed up the clear, uh, the Mac situation, the Chicago Bears get that set up. And why did Mac get the money? And by the way, what kind of money did he get? Six year, one hundred thirty five thousand, one hundred thirty five million, with eighty seven of it guaranteed. How come that he got that number? Because of Aaron Donald a couple of days ago, Cuervo. That was the big question. Because if you look at the Rams, they got all the those big names, and you were even worried about it. Will those big names sign? And if and when they sign, then the question will be: Is how will they play together? But the first part of it is getting the signature on the dotted line on the contract for the for Aaron Donald, and that one is a big one going into it because when you look at the NFC West and the way that's shaping up, uh, they need Aaron Donald because they're going to be in a battle with the San Francisco 49ers for the NFC West Championship. They are, Sonny, and, you know, they, and, you know, honestly, that's not the only team that they, uh, they need to be worried about. And what I'm saying is, uh, you know, because there, there's some, there's, some talent in that division. You know, you got, you got, uh, you know, Arizona with, uh, you know, if if Sam Bradford can stay healthy, uh, I think I think he's a guy that can that can do some good things for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, obviously, Garoppolo in San Francisco is their big competition. But you know, also don't forget Russell Wilson is in the NFC East. You know, he, he's 
very solid quarterback up in Seattle. So, uh, you know, but wait, they've so got some you good said, quarterbacks. You said Sam Bradford was a good quarterback. Is that what you said? Or it, it, did I when he's healthy you or something? When he's healthy, Sonny. When he's healthy, I think I think he can do some good things. I'm not saying he's a lead. I'm not saying oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. He's, look, look. Sonny, why did you have to go Barkley on me? Why did you go Barkley on me just now? Uh, I mean, come on, he's the worst of the four, of the four in the division, Cuervo. <laughs> uh, no, and not, and not even yes, by a absolutely. little, Cuervo. It's a lot. <laughs> okay, but think about it. When when he's healthy, all right. When he's healthy, that I keep saying that for a reason. But when uh, yeah. he's healthy, he can he can do some good things. He can. It's just we're not used to seeing that anymore. You go back in, in right. early in his career and what he did with the, the then St. Louis Rams. And like you're one he, only. He had some. <laughs> yeah, well, Did he go down in year two, Cuervo? Like you said, the injuries. I mean, we were all impressed with him as a rookie, but year number two he went down to injury and we haven't seen him since. I mean, you really yeah. – have you seen – I mean, I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up, but I don't think that guy's played yeah, a full season since his first year as a quarterback for the, the then St. Louis Rams. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – I'd have to look up his, his you know, career stats, but – I think he he did more than just you know stuff just to his rookie year. I know he's been he was healthier for more than just one year when he was uh, you know with the Rams. So it's just the problem again. Hmm. The problem is we just not used to seeing that anymore. Yeah, well, it's a problem because we we have never seen him really in a 16 season game. Just to let you know, Cuervo, um, first year 16 games, second year 10. Yep. He did see it in the third year, but they went seven and eight and missed the playoffs by a mile. Um, so we weren't impressed. Mm-hmm. Didn't play in 2014. 14 games in 15, 15 games in 16, and then, uh, you know, in mop-up duty here at the end of the season in 2017. So, you're right. We haven't seen it. I mean, when this guy was a – hey, Cuervo, 3,512 yards as a rookie quarterback throwing 18 touchdowns, okay, compared to only 15. As a rookie, that's damn good. It was more touchdowns than interceptions, so you were happy. This guy was the second coming, and then then the injury injury bug started with him almost immediately within his – there. But that also goes back to defensive coordinators. If they get time, they get the offseason to see where you are, along with the second-year slump. So he had a combination of injury, second-year slump, got off to a pretty good start in his third year. He threw for 3,702 yards and 21 touchdowns and 13 touchdowns. So, yeah, the last that we've seen Sam Bradford really, really healthy was 2012. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was the year they went 7-8, and eight and they had that one tie game as well. So, um, that mm-hmm. was, I think, the last time we really seen them. And, really, you think about it, you say 2012, that, that's really – that's not a long time. That was six years ago, and it's amazing how long ago that was. It was. It was funny, and I'm looking at the numbers as well. I mean, you look at his numbers in Minnesota back in 2016. That was two years ago. Yeah, 3,800 yards, 20, yeah. 20 touchdowns, and five interceptions, and he played 15 games. games so he missed play? one game. He one played game. 15 it, yeah. out of 16. Yeah so, yeah, so he actually had a very good year in 2016 for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, year before that, when he was – when he was with the Eagles, 
19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, so kind of high on the interceptions, not too high on touchdowns. But at that year, yeah, 3,700 yeah, yards and 14 for, games. Yeah. So he played 14 games. So my my point is, I mean, you know, it, he started getting healthier, and then last year, uh, you know, just kind of came back to haunt him one more time. But you yep. look at the production in, in the years that he was actually around, it, it's not that bad. And that's and that's what I was getting at is, you know, when he's healthy, he's he can put up some good numbers. He's not he's not Drew Brees, all right. He's not Matthew Stafford. He's not Tom Brady. But I mean, he can keep you in football games. He can he can get you some wins. You know, he's a he's a very serviceable guy. He's not an All Pro guy, but you know, I think I think for the Cardinals, if he can stay healthy, you know, I could see. 3,200 yards. I can see 22, 23 touchdowns and, and 12 interceptions or something along the lines of that and and put Arizona in a spot to, uh, you know, win six, seven, eight games. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to compete for the division, but, you know, they're not going to go, you know, 3-13 either. Well, that's true. And then they also got the rookie Josh uh, Rosen there and how that's going to work out, who's going to start it. Um, everybody's going to talk a lot of things until we actually see it on game day on what's going to happen at the quarterback position is going to be the big question. Now, has Josh Rosen done enough to lead this team right now? I don't know. But right now, Arizona Cardinals are reporting that Bradford is going to be the starter and then Rosen and then Glennon. So that's if you believe what has been put in, out there. But, and, you know, more things. Uh, Sam Bradford ranks as the number 22 quarterback in the league. Um, you know, that that's what's the scary part of that. And where would Josh Rosen be if he was starting there? Would it be higher? Would it be lower? I don't know. But when you break down the Arizona Cardinals situation and what they're doing, they're already three three steps behind because they're three better quarter, quarterbacks within the division. So they got to make sure that they stay within, you know, earshot of trying, you know, trying to either a win the division or be right there with the wild card, or it could be a long season for the Arizona Cardinals. And they're taking that step backward to the early two thousands. When we've seen the Arizona Cardinals, just really, really a loss of mediocrity, but the big thing within uh, on the other side in that division in the AFC would be Khalil Mack. Did they make a mistake letting this guy go, Cuervo? Or do you trust John Gruden? What's going on? I will tell you, I've been all over the internet when this thing, whole thing went down, and everybody says John Gruden needs to get his head examined. Now, you know, and now this is this guy hadn't even been a coach for one game in the NFL, and all of a sudden everybody is looking to to crack down. When you lose that guy, that is okay. Khalil Mack. You know his reasoning, his thinking. If you believe what everybody's saying, well, we weren't that good of a defense with him on that. I mean, look at what we did last year. You know, I you know, and I heard somewhere, and I don't know where I heard it, but it was either on ESPN or Fox. Someone said that the Oakland Raiders are almost, you know, sport broke. And what that means is they got enough to make it, you know, make it and pay, make payroll. And that's about it. Making profits and things like that get eaten up immediately. So, and I think that's obviously because of the move to, uh, to Las Vegas next season. Yeah, that, I think that's actually a, a big part of it. I mean, it's not, it's not exactly cheap to, to relocate a, an NFL franchise, no matter where you're going. So it's not about the location. It's just the fact that they're moving. So I, I, I'm going to give you a fair warning, Sonny. Forgive me if, if I miss something that you say, 
because the newest bear is on NFL Network right now being introduced. So, I'm wa- of course, I'm ah. watching it. Of course, I'm watching it. Of course, he is. I am going to answer your question, though. Uh, do I think the Raiders made a mistake? I mean, that's kind of a biased question for me to answer because, of course, I'm going to be like, yeah, huge mistake, but big advantage for the Chicago Bears. But honestly, though, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's a reigning defense. Just two years ago, he won defensive player of the year. He's never missed a game for the Oakland Raiders. So it's not like this is a situation where they let a guy go that the injury bug started hitting him and he's still demanding big-time money. It's not like Julio Jones down in Atlanta. Uh, I'll use that example because it's the truth. Yep. Um, You know, this is a guy that's played every game. Um and continues to put out big production. Uh, and the Raiders just and, – and, and, you know, the thing is, I don't understand why people are blaming John Gruden. John Gruden, it's not like he put a gun to the GM's head and said, get rid of Khalil Mack right now. I was just reading an article on NFL.com. Trading Khalil Mack was not part of the plan. The reason it happened is because – they, they were not willing to sign him the money that he wanted. Now, could that, in the that go into – Yeah, it, with the extension. Now, could that go into the whole what you were just talking about where, you know, you know, budget's a little tight? Very well could be. That very well could be. But, you know, it's a decision that the Raiders made. I don't think the blame should necessarily go to John Gruden 100%. Um, unless unless something comes out that that you know he made a he made a comment about how he doesn't like his attitude or or whatever because he was holding out or whatever the case may be. Now, if that's the case, then I could see why people are blaming John Gruden. But I don't think this was a thing where like, all right, first order of business, you got to get rid of Khalil Mack. Like, I don't think John Gruden walked into the Raiders, uh, uh, you know, office first day on the job and said, all right, that's, that's the first thing we're doing. I, I seriously doubt that. So it just kind of, from a financial standpoint, I think that's just kind of the decision that the Raiders uh, made on, on you know, just based on, you know, numbers. Um, well, I mean, well, they did, they, let's they, be honest. Let, let's, let's just be real honest really quick. When you talk about the Raiders in their GM position with Reggie McKenzie, don't, don't forget mm-hmm. this guy was the GM over for the Buffalo Bills, okay? That's enough to make you want to scare. So the reason why this happened wasn't yes. Reggie McKenzie. I, you know, let's be honest. This, this, this guy's a GM in title only because John Gruden's going to get what he wants regardless. So, you know, the guy that's really steering the ship in reality is John Gruden. And, and you know, hey, Reggie McKenzie, he'll accept the check. He doesn't – it won't matter to him because the simple fact of the matter is he'll use that as an excuse for his next job. You know, hey, John Gruden was really the GM. I was just there just, you know, making sure all the, uh, you know, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. I didn't do anything. He's got a built-in excuse for that for the failure of his career in Oakland with a John Gruden, which is good for him. Um but what's bad for him is somebody else who's going to end up signing them because they'll buy that crap. Um, so that's going to be that. That's going to be the next deal for that. But 
Clairvo, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, John Gruden, you know, very rarely doesn't get what he wants. And, and if I'm not mistaken, and I could be incorrect when I say this, is that he's made the statement that, well, you know, he's supposed to be so great, but look at how bad our defense played. John Gruden thinks that he can mold anybody to be at least three-quarters of what a Khalil Mack is, and so why spend the money there when we can spend it elsewhere? I get his point, but John Gruden, you can't get rid of your guy. There are only two guys on that football team, right, Cuervo? And that is Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, and you let half of the guy go because you can say whatever you want about Khalil Mack and good, bad, or indifferent. The team got a lot of, you know, inspiration from that guy playing well. Now, granted, the defense didn't play well, but Khalil Mack was the only one that was worth a damn when you talk about that. So, you know, you know, it's like cutting ties, but at the same time, you got to be able to replace this. Who are they going to replace a Khalil Mack on the defensive end? Um, because there hasn't been anybody named that is going to be his successor at the defensive end for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, and, you know, even the guy that they had uh, uh, opposite Khalil Mack, uh, I believe they let him go too, Mario Edwards. He's yeah, gone, Edwards is gone. Uh, from the, Where did he go? I uh, gotta find out. I, yeah, I think he went – hold on. I, I had that information. Uh, oh, the New York Giants got him. That's who got yeah. him. So, uh, that, that, I think yeah. that's, that's a solid pickup for the Giants. I think what that spells, though, is that, uh, you know, Olivier Vernon's time in, in New York is probably up now. Uh, well, which, and which he's is, getting older, too, so you, you, you know exactly where that's headed. And if he's blind to that, he, he's crazy, too, so he needs to open his eyes. I, I, mean, I wonder how much guys' eyes are really open to, to knowing your talent compared to who a team's bringing in. And when the Giants bring in him, you've you got to think in the back of your mind, I either, a, I got to be falling or I got to be looking for another job next year. So that could be end up happening with him. Right. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. It, it, so, we'll see. Interesting situation there. So, yeah, what that's going on. So, we got Khalil Mack. We have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald. But Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I put it. You, you know what I think about this trade or the, the signing Cuervo. You already know what I think about it. This is this is the worst move in the history of the Green Bay Packers. Because And it's not because Aaron Rodgers is not a good quarterback. The financials of this and the type of team that the Green Bay Packers are, they just, they just hand-tied themselves to getting anybody who's worth a crap that's open, that is able to sign in the open market, Cuervo. Because when you talk about 35, almost 40% of your salary going to one guy, you definitely tie the hands of your franchise, and then Aaron Rodgers has got to be Aaron Rodgers, which is make more plays. And you say whatever you want, but you know Aaron Rodgers with a broken collarbone is not Aaron Rodgers that is healthy, and something tells me they're not going to be able to protect this guy enough to keep him, and it's going to be the worst thing that they can do as a franchise as a whole to, to that whole franchise up there in Green Bay. <laughs> Look, Sonny, 
congratulations to the Green Bay Packers. I, I'm going to clap. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a great move for the Green Bay Packers. Look, lock your quarterback up, right? That's that's what you want to do. Now, did you handcuff the rest of the the uh, the, out of the roster up there? Probably. But I'll as a Bears show fan, Flacco. I applaud them. Good job, guys. I'll appreciate... Joe Flacco. <laughs> right. Exactly. And look, and look, look where their team has gone since then. It's gone down the toilet. And so that was gonna be my point. Although at the time, I really thought that was the right thing for him to do because at that time, Cuervo, when you think about it, there was nobody else out there. So the fact that they signed him. It's different. Now, there's not an overabundance of quarterbacks that are on the level of Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid. But, man, could you have gotten a lot less for $16 million instead of, instead of, what, $31 million that it's coming out to? Oh, my God. I think you could probably do that and then open up another $16 million for four guys. I mean, and I'm talking guys that can ball. You can get guys at $4 million that can ball, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but um, uh, they're showing they're showing Khalil Mack Sack and Aaron Rodgers. That's going to happen a lot this year. But anyways, um, <laughs> you think it will? I think it will. I I, I think it will. They they don't have an offensive line worth a damn to protect them, and plus they don't have the money to go out and get that guy. But granted, they got one in the in the middle of the season last year. So you know, I, you know, kudos to the general manager on that. So maybe I could be wrong. Maybe you know it's been known to happen on this show that Sonny Clark was was wrong about a situation um but man you are you, you are sinking the ship on one guy and that tells you how they feel about the uh, about the franchise um that, that number one they love them some Aaron Rodgers but number two I mean, if I'm a football player on the Green Bay Packers, I'm questioning. I'm questioning management. I really wow. am. It's absolutely crazy. All right, what's up? What did I miss, or was that on my comment? I, I, yeah, no, no, Sonny. I'm looking at the detail again. I'm listening to what you're saying. At least I'm doing the best I can. I, forgive me. I'm I, I'm so consumed in this cool Mac situation. I get but, it. So a little bit on the details of the trade. Um, so uh, the Raiders, obviously, they're getting our first pick in 2019, and they're getting the first pick, first and third rounder in 2020. So, okay, first rounder next oh, year. Oh, man, they cleaned up on that pick. And a 2020, they get the first and third round. But the Bears, in return, got an all-pro defensive pass rusher. They get the 20, They get the second-round pick of the Raiders next year and a fifth-round pick either next year as well or in 2020, one of the two. So, honestly, I think, I think that's – the fact that the Bears got a second round in return, Sonny, that's pretty good. That's actually oh, yeah. pretty and, good. And it, and it fits their motto. It really does. When you think about it, Cuervo, there's only certain guys that they're spending money on. Really, Cuervo, think about it, right? And, you know, so it really kind of fits their motto. they got a couple of guys that they'll spend money on, a la Jay Cutler last year. 
Okay, so they got their mm-hmm. Jay Cutler this year. They're spending a lot of money on him, but the rest of them, the, the Bears would be satisfied with second, third, and fourth round picks for the rest of the football uh, uh, personnel out on the football reform because they, I, I think at times they don't care. Uh, look what they did in the first round. Now, I'm going to tell you, their first round draft pick, they, they hit that was money, but the money only will be good for four to five years in reality because if he doesn't. If he doesn't Khalil Mack at Cuervo, he'll be gone. That's the way that the Chicago Bears do it. I mean, you better prove them something more. They, they, they can get, if they can get your position at 50% uh, less, they'll take that position and let your ass go. That's the way the Chicago Bears have always been. They have two or three guys that mm-hmm. they will blow the money on, but the rest of them they'll fill up with uh, you know, second, well, m- maybe third and fourth rounders that maybe can play. And that's and, and that's. I, I don't know if that's a, that's a recipe for disaster for the Bears. I mean, last time they were in the Super Bowl, uh, Lovey Smith was their head coach. So, um, yes, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's the traditional way of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's going back to that way. It's you know, defense first, uh, yep. you know, solid running game, and then whatever you could piece together on the passing game. Which you know, I mean, that's it's not traditionally the NFL now anymore. Uh, nope. But I think going against the grain, if you do it the right way, I think it could work out for you. Uh, and so, Well, they did it, Cuervo. They did it with Matt Forte. Okay, instead of falling to the demands of uh, aging, Matt Forte, they let him go. And I, who, mm-hmm. who's that cat they got running at the, quarterback, uh, at the wide um, running back position now? He's a stud. I forget his name. Yeah, so it's Jordan Howard, and in the back of yeah. his, uh, uh Tariq Cohen, the, the little speedy guy. They they made out like a bandit and didn't spend the money. I, I, I'll give the Bears some credit. They, they, if you're aging and you – they put it this way. If you're aging – you better be at the top of your game or we will just replace you. And that's the way the Bears have been doing it for the last 15 years, Cuervo. Before that, they stuck with guys forever, and we know that because we watched it, okay? And sometimes we were wondering how long are they going to keep this guy. I mean, this is really not a great idea. But um, the fact of the matter is is they've been, they have been cutting bait immediately with some guys, you know, after that rookie season. And that, you say whatever you want about the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys do that too, especially at the running back position. Because I'll tell you right now, if Ezekiel Elliott is not doing what he did within the first two years of his career and these last two years maybe into the third year after his rookie contract is up, they'll cut bait with him. All you got to do is look at DeMarco Murray. They cut bait with him after his rookie year and say, we're not going to pay this guy that mound money. So Ezekiel Elliott better do two things. Number one, stay healthy. And number two, he better run balls to the wall or he's not going to get another contract with the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's going to be uh, interesting to see, especially with the, with the news coming out about uh, it was, uh, I want to say Travis Frederick, right. With the, uh, yep. with the uh, disorder yeah. that he has now. Oh, and, and I believe he's the center. Football team. Oh my God. Well, especially that, that is isn't such he the a big center? Hit. Isn't he the center for he's the not, Dallas Cowboys? He's not a center. He's the center in the NFC. There is not a yeah, better no, no, center no, 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 in no. the AFC. <laughs> or the I, NFC. I agree. I, I'm with you 100%. So, 
So I just I couldn't remember if he was if he played center or if he was yes. a guard. So no, no, you're Definitely. right. So he's, he's hands down, he's the best center in the in the NFC right now. NFC. Um, yep. The point I'm making is, you know, as much as we talk about the left tackle and how important it is to a quarterback, I would say it's the center is probably it's one A and one B because you need to you need to protect your blind side, right? But you also need that that good uh, uh, chemistry with your center because if you don't have good chemistry with your center, look, it, it's things can go really bad. I mean, you think about bad. all the greats, all the greats in the history of this game. Okay, they had a good center with them. Okay, um, whether it's my, you know the late Mike Webster with with Terry Bradshaw in Pittsburgh, you had Jeff Saturday with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Uh, you had, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, whoever, I can't remember. I was a little bit too young, but Joe Montana, uh, uh-huh. I'm sure hit the center that they had back then. There's probably a good, you know, relationship with those two, Troy Aikman. Um, and now you're talking about Dak Prescott with Travis Frederick. Um, you know, I'm sure the relationship with those two guys are really good. So it's, it's very important to have just as good of a center as it is a left tackle and, you know, possibly losing that guy is going to be humongous for the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of that, Cuervo, you know what we missed? We didn't even talk about it and we missed, I mean, cause we're in the realm of our, our stuff. Joe, you mentioned Joe Montana, the passing of Dwight Clark. Dwight I mean, Clark. I, yeah. Uh, oh man. I mean, I, I, man, that 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 was uh, that was uh, that was a big uh, a big thing that happened. That we and we got busy when it happened. It just it just passed over us. So that is that's a uh, that's a big one. But back to Travis uh, Travis Frederick, the Dallas Cowboys are number one. Just just ludicrous sometimes. They just don't think. Or, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm missing something, but it, it, there's reports out that the Dallas Cowboys are not going to make a, a roster decision on Travis Frederick before the 53-man cut. No, you do it now, and I'll tell you what you do is you put him on the pup list. That's six weeks. If this guy's going to get a different diagnosis or be able to play at all this year, it's going to happen within that six weeks. So you put them on the pup list, and then after that point, then you can put them on IR and be done with them. You still have the opportunity to bring him back. He's not going to be back before six weeks. I don't even know why they're waiting on this one. They got plenty of opportunity to put him on the pup list, and and then um, they need to figure it out. And what I'm talking about, you know, obviously Doug Free, Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin. These guys are going to have to get the job done, um, you know, mm-hmm. on the offensive line. Now, now, listen to those names that I mentioned. Then you lose Tra- Travis Frederick. You had a one, two, three, four punch on that offensive line. That was amazing for this Dallas, Dallas Cowboys football team. But losing one of those four guys, you're losing 25% of it. And guess what? That means all the odds of everything happening on a bad side go up 25%. So, you need that. You need that guy or whoever it's going to be to fill that void. And I just don't see a filling of a void of a Travis uh, Travis uh, Frederick for the Dallas Cowboys. And so it, this move right there alone makes me. I, I, I'm not going to change my pick with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not. 
but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm close to it because this guy is that vital. I'd say the same thing if they lost Tyron Smith for that amount of time or whether it's Zach Martin. Doug Free, I think, Mark, that I think he is gone. So, um, but, but more in the fact that that offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys has to be solidified because you're talking about a quarterback, which, number one, had a great – Great first season. Second year, if you want to call it the sophomore slump, that's great. But I'm telling you right now, Dak Prescott played great in the second year compared to what he could have considering the the sophomore slump and that offensive line. Uh, So the fact that Dak Prescott is getting the slack that he is getting for his second year makes me wonder about people because they are not looking what's around him. Not only that, losing Ezekiel Elliott, it was a big-time hit upon Dak Prescott and his production for his football team. So now that they had all that back, that's why the Dallas Cowboys were a threat offensively. This 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 one is this one's a kink in the armor uh, Cuervo without having that solidified front four being pretty much it's it's pretty much anchored by Tyron Smith, I won't lie. But I'm telling you right now Travis Frederick is the leader of that offensive line. No, he is, Sonny, you're right. And you know, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a rough year, I think, for, for Dak Prescott just because, you know, not only is this situation going on with, with uh, Travis Frederick, but, you know, you lose arguably your two best options in the passing game, Jason Witten. And, yes, that's Des, Des Bryant, but you have to admit yes. he's the number one receiver on the team, okay? But that's what, Cuervo? Cuervo, remember my prediction on where Des Bryant was going to be next year? Remember my prediction? Yes. I do. It was the Dallas Cowboys. Right back in Dallas. Dallas. Uh I'm I'm telling you right now, it is gearing up for that all over again. And there may be quote-unquote bad blood, but Des Bryant not being on a roster right now, it's the only place he could go now would be Dallas. That's the only place he could go, Cuervo, really based upon whether or not a team loses their number one wide receiver, and that's what he's holding his breath for. So he's going to go ahead and say, yeah, say, but, you know, some people are saying the Dallas Cowboys aren't reaching out. I got news for you. I have a feeling after the second game of the season, there's going to be an offer made out to Des Bryant, and he's going to be right back here in Dallas. I don't know. It's just me. I've thought of some different things before that seemed crazy, and they ended up happening. I think this is one of them. I think Des Bryant will be a Dallas Cowboy before the end of the season. I really do. Well, I mean, I guess that'll be remain to be seen, sir, uh, Sonny. But you know, the, what I would say to that is, uh, you know, do they? Do you really think after how the breakup happened or how how everything ended for him in Dallas, does, is there really incentive to bring him back? Is there really like any anything beneficial to bring him Absolutely. back? Absolutely, because they'll give him a little. See, right now he's saying he'll play for the league minimum almost on any football team in the in the NFL. They pop him four million bucks. He'll sign and be thankful to Jerry Jones once again. I mean, this kid. Hey, I, I, I'm going to put it out there because I don't care. This kid's all about the money. This kid's not about the game. Okay, now. 
he put him out there that he'll play for the league minimum just as a joke. Now, he would have signed it if he could have got it, right. you said, right here in the NFC East, and he would have sucked mm-hmm. up the money just to try to prove it. But anywhere else, it doesn't do him really any good, Cuervo. So the simple fact of the matter is, if the Dallas Cowboys offer him 3 to $4 million bucks, Des Bryant will mm-hmm. break his leg to get back in there to sign that contract because he is about the money. Well, and, and, and there's yeah. no question. I know. I'm not going to question his passion for the game because even, one thing about that show on Amazon, it did show this guy just has a lot of passion. It's just misguided passion and the fact that he doesn't listen to anybody. But when the Dallas Cowboys are not getting any production from their wide receiver position and or tied in position, they're going to need a solution. And the solution will be Des Bryant and a couple of reasons why as well is because of the new catch rule is a big, big time on that. If you think about some of the things that they talked about as far as the new catch rule, what's a catch and what's not a catch, the biggest person that was in the middle of that controversy was Des Bryant. There's been a couple of catches where they said it wasn't a catch for the same reasons why they're going to make it a catch this year. And so that adds up to a lot of other things and what he can bring as a dynamic as a wide receiver position. He is going to be good wide receiver, but the only team that is really messed up enough that could afford a, a, a Des Bryant is a team that's already used to it. And they know how, you know, as much as they can know how to deal with it. But you can't drop this guy, like you said, you can't drop this guy on the Seattle Seahawks and expect, you know, uh, a love relationship to happen. It's going to be turmoil until everybody gets used to each other. And that might be too late at that point with the Des Bryant, because we all know if Des doesn't get his way, he'll throw a fit and then he doesn't become the quality wide receiver that he possibly could be for any franchise that would sign him. Yep, exactly. So, you know, uh, by the way, for, for your Dallas viewers, Sonny does caught it. All right. Anyways, moving on. Um, no, he didn't. He, he, so he did. He caught it, it, it Sonny. By the, by the rule Sonny, that they're emplacing it. now, but the rule before oh, it wasn't. I've got, the pic- I've got the picture that proves it. It's on my Facebook. you got to scroll down. And I circle where his hands are not even on the ball when he's on the ground. Yeah, so it's all about control. That, and, and here's another thing. Even with the new rule, I still think that pass was incomplete, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. I guess we see, I'm, I'm we see catches a little different, but no, yeah. it's all mm-hmm. good fun. I mean, you know, it's it, but it, it it did cause you know some change, which is good. It did. Um, it did. But I, I will say this though, um, I don't believe for one second that Des Bryant will play for any team for the league minimum because he had an opportunity to play for a team. Actually, for two, Raven. two teams, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Browns made him an offer, too. And he said no, no, thanks, no. The no Browns thanks. held least back on their offer, which is amazing in itself. Um, be, be, you know, okay. Because they're, they're, getting, yeah, they're getting Josh Gordon back. And so they're, they're, evidently they feel comfortable bringing Josh Gordon back. Um, so that's – hey, that, guy, that young cat's dynamic. But I think with both of them on that football team – even Des Bryant, that's the team for him. I really think that's the fit Plus. for him because, because of the fact that Josh Gordon is there. And these guys. And, uh-huh. and you add a Jarvis Landry. And you add a Jarvis yeah. Landry to that. Exactly. You got a one, two, three punch that is probably one of the best in the NFL. And that's playing for it Cleveland. Is. 
So, you know, yeah. you, you look at that, it, it's, you know, I think that would really be good for him because it'll do a lot of things. With the one, two, three punch means he's not getting the ball every time, every every play. He's going to get about once every three times, and that'll put him down as far as where he is in humility um, as far as that's concerned. Number two, he's got guys that are passionate about the game more so than much. I mean, look at all the news that's coming out of Cleveland at the wide receiver position. It is guys that are wide receivers that that are stepping up big time as players and they're out coaching the coaches by teaching guys, hey, you're hurt or injured. There is a big difference. And if you're hurt, get your ass back out on the football field. That's what you're getting with Jarvis Landry and the other caps that are out there. And that's what that team needs. Yeah, they need some toughness. They need some, some um, uh, you know, different mentality in Cleveland. Like, you know, you can't just – you know, give up on something because it's not going perfectly or, or anything like there's a little bit of sacrifice that goes into winning in this league. There's a little bit of, well, actually there's a lot of dedication that goes into winning in this league. And, you know, I think that's what lacked in Cleveland was accountability from that standpoint of, I agree of, you know, you know, get your ass out there. And if you've got, if your pinky toe hurts, um, you can still play. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between, being hurt and having an injury, big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have big a legit difference. injury, like that's acceptable. You know, I mean, there's not a whole, a whole lot you can do or, or whatever. Uh, but when you just, when you're, when you're going through some pain, uh, look, there's not a player in the NFL that, that even during the preseason is not going through some pain right now. You know, yep. ice, ice baths, you know, every other day or, or, uh, you know, therapy or whatever the case may be, whatever these guys have to do, no, uh, cortisone shots, like all these things that these players have to do week in and week out just to get themselves physically feeling good enough to play a football game. Like, look, it, your body's going to, it's going to take a toll on your body. And that's why a lot of these players that can barely walk when they're done retiring as they get older and yep. stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, look, be smart about it, but at the same time, understand that there is sacrifice that goes into being successful in this league. And if you're not willing to make that sacrifice and, and you're not willing to, to put forth the effort to, to contribute to winning football games, then it's just never going to work. Absolutely. And, and that, that's the big difference. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And, you know, not only that, you, when you're thinking about the stability of your football team, that has to be number one. So that, that, that's the big difference as well. Now, throw this out here, um, and, and I missed it. Todd uh, was uh, ringing in here a little bit earlier. Uh, Dan Bailey being cut for the Dallas Cowboys. What the hell about that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I am completely lost on the Dan Bailey deal here in Dallas. Um, that is, that I, you, you can say whatever you want. This guy is a kicker, but guess what? When you lose, when you lose a Dan Bailey, I, you know, this – this one really hurts as far as that. I cannot believe the Dallas Cowboys cut this guy. Yeah, I I, I saw that too, and I, I was like, uh, okay. You know, I, I thought, isn't, isn't, yeah, isn't he, a, isn't he a Pro Bowl kicker, or, or am I thinking a too highly of him? Pro Bowl kicker in the bet, in the bet, in the not only that, Cuervo, um, but before the last, um, last few games last year, this guy was the most accurate kicker in the NFL. Yeah, and so I mean, you know, NFL history. So it, I, I'm missing where all this is coming from. I, I, 
I'm 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 wondering about that. I you know I I don't I'm not sure what the contract situation was, but this one I'm I'm telling you right now this was a shock across the NFL regarding kickers. There's not much shock with kickers in reality in the NFL, but when when someone loses Dan Bailey or the uh, Cowboys lose Dan Bailey, I'm going to tell you right now there's another GM on the hot seat. You better get if you don't have a kicker, Dan Bailey should be your first call. You better get a hold of him. Um, that that is a huge Huge, huge loss for this football team. And then now get this. Um, uh, one day after Coach and Elway gave up a service, Paxton Lynch is gone, and now it's Kevin Hogan. Um, it, you know, is that – you know, I don't know. I don't know much about Kevin Hogan. I'm not going to put it out there, okay? All I know is, is that Paxton Lynch gone out of De- Denver I think is a big-time, you know, indication – on the lack of success that he had quick enough for a guy like John Elway. I'm going I'm to put it out there, Cuervo. The Denver Broncos need to fire John Elway. Really? Absolutely. You really believe that? Absolutely. What has he done? Cuervo, you look at it, what has he done? Okay, the only thing he did is he brought in Peyton Manning. Take away from that in the, what have you done for me lately, way this league works? How do you keep a John Elway as your guy? This guy hasn't done jack squat in reality since uh, Peyton Manning was on that roster. And, now, and, you, and that could be even be questionable. It, it, Peyton Manning's pedigree is the only reason why that ended up being as great because that was not Peyton Manning-ness. It was Peyton Manning leadership there, the reason why they were successful, not more so than if you look at the numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, you do, you do. That's, that's a very good point, Sonny. And to, I mean, but what has he question, done, Cuervo? If I, you think about it, that, you know, since then, what has yeah, he done? Yeah, I mean, honestly, not a whole lot. He's kind of ridden the coattails of, of the stars that are on that roster to help try to make it look good and, yeah, I think I think you make a very good point that John Elway hasn't really made a difference in Denver. I mean, now the yep. only thing that helps him out is that the other teams in that division really haven't gotten much better either. Uh, you That's know, a good I point, mean, too. Kansas, Kansas City is pretty stagnant. I mean, they let Alex Smith and Marcus Peters go, and I think that could, that's going to hurt them this year. Um, oh, well, I, but I can't I would say, wait to watch Patrick Mahomes, though, Cuervo. I don't know what it is, but this, this is kind of – when I think about Patrick Mahomes and his, you know, his potential as a starting quarterback, I, I don't think I've been more excited to see anybody step in at that role, at, you know, in a long time. Well, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, he's, a, he's an exciting guy, I'm, and I'm sure you're familiar with him being a Texas Tech, you know, product. Uh, you probably saw some stuff on him when he was in college, but yeah, I mean he, he's 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 uh, a mobile quarterback that can make plays both with his arm and his legs, and yep. I mean, it's it you know I mean who's not who wouldn't be excited? I mean I know Chiefs Nation is probably just drooling for next Sunday because they want to see what he could do in a regular season game, but I think that's the only saving grace that John Elway's had is that the other teams. Haven't really done a whole lot either. I think the situation, though, in L.A. with the Chargers is just that the coaching has gotten a little bit different, and mm-hmm. that that's what is has helped out 
the Chargers to be a better football team. And on top of that, they're winning the close games that they're used to losing. So, right. I mean, when you can win those games as opposed to losing those games, it could be, it could be the difference of going eight and eight and going twelve and four, and that's kind of what uh, you know what you started seeing last year before uh, you know things just quite didn't go their way at the end of the year. By the way, uh, I remember last week we were talking about who was that team that like all these scenarios had to happen for them to get into the playoffs. It was the Buffalo Bills. There was right. the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. that, that had all those things happen, and they they're like four percent chance of making the playoffs turned into they're in the playoffs. So yeah, and, uh, and didn't they, and didn't they have a celebration for Andy Dalton or something like that? Or uh, yeah, so, Andy Dalton. Yeah, they yeah. had a celebration so, for Dalton because they beat the Ravens in the last week of the. And they had a celebration there. I, I that to they, me that's let, a crack up, and that's what that's what preseason is yeah. all about, which is fun. That was a fun. That was a fun thing. I that think actually that actually happened last Sunday when we were doing our overtime show. Uh, when the yeah. game started, uh, they had you no know, Andy Dalton was out there. They showed him on the jumbotron, and Bills fans were were cheering and going crazy for it, Andy Dalton. So right. he is forever <laughs> a hero. He's forever a hero in Buffalo and never wore a Bills uniform. And guess what? Guess what? If it gets bad in if it gets bad in Cincinnati, you know the Buffalo Bills will put out an offer for him. So there you go. You never, yeah, exactly. you never know. <laughs> exactly. Back to the Chiefs, though, Cuervo. Week number one, they get the Chargers. Week two, Steelers. Week three, the Forty ers Week four, the Broncos. Week five, Jaguars. Week six, Patriots. And Week seven is when they get their first break with the, if you want to call it a break with the uh, with the Bengals. They got they got a tough stretch to go with Mahomes at the question. I'm telling you, Cuervo, if they can get three of those six, I think Kansas City will be in pretty good shape. I mean, three of those six. Now, out of them all, you know, the Chargers are a get. I think they could get it. I think they could. I, I think they could get. Um, the 49ers, I think they could get the Broncos, and I think they can get the Jaguars, depending on what they're doing offensively, that being the Jaguars. There are three gets within about four of those six games. I think they can get it, Cuervo, and if they get three, never mind if they get more, I think they're going to be in pretty damn good shape with Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position because they end up the season with the Raiders, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the Chargers again, then the Ravens, and um, and then the uh, Raiders again, and Rams, and those are gets for that football team because they got they'll probably beat the Browns and the Cardinals, um, you know, two weeks after they meet the Bengals. There are many opportunities for the Kansas City Chiefs to play and play well and have success because their schedule after the first six open up for them. So they got. 10 games that they can really make a movement. Actually, in reality, they got about 12 games where they could go either way. And if they go positive, the Kansas City Chiefs could be a tough get or a tough W against. Yeah, and I think they are anyways. I mean, it's a solid football team um, that, that, you know, have – they have good players, you know, just about in every position. So, yep. you know, despite losing what they lost in, in the offseason – uh, I think they're still a good team. I still think that, you know, they're a viable contender in, in, in the AFC. Excuse me. Um, do I think they are on uh, New England's heels anymore? No. 
I think they're a little behind now. They're a little bit behind Pittsburgh. Uh, and I would even say they're probably, you know, the fourth or fifth best team in the, in the AFC. Uh, they right. were number three, in my opinion, maybe borderline two. But uh, with the loss of Alex Smith and Marcus Peters, uh, those, you know, those are very big uh, losses, believe it or not, just because of the lack of experience of Patrick Mahomes. That's why Alex Smith is such a big loss. And then Marcus Peters, and you're talking about an all-pro corner, you could say whatever you want about him, him punting footballs into the stands and you know just making – airhead uh you know mistakes on the field uh this guy you know this guy makes plays uh when he's not when he's not being a uh a total idiot on the field so um you know big big losses man this preseason has been crazy for quarterbacks though i you know i'm looking i'm just rolling through this you know the steelers they go ahead they cut bait with landy jones uh, the uh, the backup quarterback in Cincinnati, uh, he's gone for the whole for the rest of the season. Um, what what is his name? Um, uh, Barkley, Matt Barkley. He's gone for the rest of the season. The second most important position out on the football field. Um, so you know, at quarterbacks. There's been some huge news in the NFL. You know, you know between Aaron Rodgers obviously being a big story there. I mean, big stories here in the preseason about the quarterback position for a lot of teams. And granted, it, they may not be the starters, but they're impact players. And you, you talk about the. I mean, Cuervo. I don't know if you've changed your opinion. I honestly still believe the the second most important position out on the football field is the backup quarterback position. And you know, some teams are losing their backup quarterbacks or they're trading them away. Whether it's AJ McCarron, um, and so I think this has been a crazy week regarding quarterbacks. Whether it's the signings or them getting hurt or having some guys pack up and move yet to another team. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, moving around of quarterbacks. You know, it's I don't know if it's just because of, you know, whether teams just feel like they're not liking what they see in these in the backups. So, but it doesn't it's there's it doesn't make sense because you're talking about guys that have been on the same team for a few years. You know, yep. for example, the you know you mentioned Landry Jones in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, he's been with them for what three four years. The problem with that is yep. The reason the reason it happened is because Josh Dobbs uh, is looking pretty good in the preseason. That's so, what I heard. That's hey, I, in Cuervo. I still have yet watched uh, a preseason football game. So you know, <laughs> and, and because I don't care, I don't care about preseason. I care about the results of the movements of the other thing because I think I know what I'm expecting in week number one from a lot of football teams. So, you know, preseason don't mean anything, but man, oh man, there's been some crazy breaks. And not only that, how about Colin Kaepernick? You know, they, the arbitrator refused to throw that one out. That's another story quarterback, but of course that's two years in the making on what's going on. As far as that is concerned, you know, I want to talk about that and we're going to do that up on the other side, Cuervo. So what we're going to do, Cuervo, we're going to take our second break here on the couch potato sports show. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick, the player, and the story 
but uh, the other part of it we're not going to get into because we have we have beaten that whole subject up. But that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. We're going to take the quick break here on the couch with Taylor Sports Show. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other guys that are moving, some major injuries within the NFL, and we'll take a look at some of the games. We won't give our prediction for weeks number one, but we'll see. We'll, but we will give the prediction for the first game, which will be the Thursday night football game. So that'll be the first one that we make the predictions on, and we'll start keeping the list and the tabs on that as we go through the season. So we'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. It's our Sunday morning tradition. We'll be right back. This is Sunny Clark Radio, voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally. Eagles letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlette. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs 
for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with Cuervo, as we are going over a lot of scenarios that we have seen in the NFL. Lots of things that are going on, lots of things that we want to still talk about as we're in our third hour here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we cover it all here uh, as far as the NFL is concerned. Cuervo, I, I want to tell you right now, this preseason has been very busy. This preseason has had a lot of guys going down and retiring. And we, I missed this. Brent, uh, Brent Selleck, he retired. Um, and this was back a couple of days ago. Um, and so the Philadelphia Eagles, they lose a tight end. And I think that's a valuable loss. I mean, a big-time loss for the, um, the Eagles because Selleck was a valuable guy to have on their team. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he was the, uh, one of the backups, obviously, to Zach Ertz uh, in Philadelphia. And, and, you know, they had already lost Trey Burton. He came he came over to Chicago. And now that, uh, you know, uh, Brent Selleck retires, uh, now th- those rookies that they drafted are going to have to move in fast. And they're going to have to get up to speed and, and be ready to play right away. So, um it's it's going to be interesting to see how things go with the Philadelphia Eagles as far as the tight end position goes. Absolutely, and that that's a big that's a big um, big hole if they they 
don't fill it properly. So that's something to keep an eye on. Some other some other NFL news that happened. AP, Adrian Peterson, signing with the Washington Redskins because of the lack of, you know, they had a couple injuries and uh, just simple lack of production. This one's a why not in reality. I look at Cuervo because I look at the Washington Redskins as not being really – you know, you know, contender whatsoever in reality. Uh, this doesn't hurt your football team. It doesn't like increasingly help. Don't get me wrong. This is not the second coming of Adrian Peterson. But if Adrian Peterson goes in there and has an average season, I don't think you could ask much more from him if you're the Washington Redskins. Well, no, and you know, I mean, they're not asking him to be the number one guy. Um, which is good for him, you know, but he's, you know, and it's kind of similar to the situation in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. Just, hopefully he doesn't, he doesn't make the same mistake of having starter expectation or intention for that football team because it's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, even after the first week, Adrian Peterson was mad. He only got nine carries last year in that opening game against the uh, Minnesota, his old team, the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, you know, as long as he doesn't go in there thinking that he, he has a chance to start or that there's an, there's a possibility that J, uh, Jay Gruden is going to start him, then I think he'll be a great fit for the for the Reds. He really is a great fit for anything as long as he understands. As long as he understands that, look, he's just not a starter anymore, uh, I think he, he would fit well, really, I mean, on any football team because it's just how good he is. Well, you you say that in reality, but you, what you get with the Washington Redskins is that you get um, mediocrity, mediocrity anyway. So you know, so even if Adrian Peterson is mediocre, um, it, it won't matter. I mean, look at who they got. I mean, they got. Um, I think Demetrius Grace and uh, Chris Thompson are the running backs up there. Uh, Robert Kelly, you know, as well. So there's nobody, you know, of big names or they've been gone out because of injuries and stuff like that. You know, Adrian Peterson is no worse than any of the other guys that we're talking. So why not throw him in there? It's not the biggest thing uh, for them, but, you know, you know, we, I did forget to mention the square vote. And I think, you know, you know, within the within the division, the big news that's coming out is coming out of Baltimore. Elvis Dumerville, he's going to retire after 12 years, uh, seven years with the Broncos mm-hmm. and four more with the Baltimore Ravens square vote. This, I think it's not the fact that he is a great player now. It's just what the player used to be, and we're kind of seeing. I, I think Dumerville, when I look at Dumerville, and I think Hall of Fame. I think I think this guy is the guy that can get in there. Elvis Dumerville, I think, is you know bound to be into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it might take him a little bit of time, but I, I think he's sure, a guy. Yeah. If you know, if if you look at his career overall, I think I think he hit the overall. Uh, I think he hit 100 sacks for his career, if I'm not mistaken. So that's actually not too bad. Um, no, I don't think he's going to be a first ballot or anything like that, but I think he can eventually get in there. Um, you know, it's just going to take some time. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be something that's going to be really huge 
uh, you know, as far as replacing the guy. I think that's, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you might be able to replace the experience or the uh, or the player, but you can't replace that that experience. And I think that's the big story in reality when you talk about that. So um, also some other news that's out there is that the Patriots and Gronkowski, Gronkowski is getting some additions to his contract. You know, those are, you know, player enhancements to try to get Gronk to get more into the game, and he's already a big part of that offense. Now you're going to give him some incentives. You're going to give him some money if he hits certain numbers. I think that's a big story coming out of New England. Um, uh, with Gronk, I mean, uh, yeah, I just hope he could stay healthy. That's and he that, stay that's healthy. another one. Three, mm-hmm. uh, four point. $4.3 million in incentives to his contract for the next two seasons. It, and it, it is. It's about, well, first of all, first of all, in reality, you look at it, he's already the highest paid tight end, but you also get some other things added up on a couple of performances, but a lot of them, the performance in reality is connected to whether or not he can stay healthy. And that's the big question in reality when you talk about Gronk. And, and you know, with the Patriots, maybe coming down to earth a little bit, I think happens this season because I, a couple of reasons. Number one, you're getting the aging Tom Brady. So will he be the Tom Brady we expect? We don't know. Will Gronk be able to stay healthy? But I think the big question in, in New England in reality, it has to swirl around the head coaching position and where the team is going to go because I have a feeling that we've seen, we are going to see this year, the last year of Bill Belichick, and then, of course, we know who's filling his seat because, you know, Josh didn't go to another football team. He stayed right there. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Who did you mention, Sonny? I'm sorry. I was uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, you, you, well, yeah. you, you had the mm-hmm. – you have the, yeah, the Patriots with, you know, in, you know, will Tom Brady be where he is, then Gronk? And, you know, but I think the mm-hmm. biggest question on this football team in reality, you could talk about it, um, you know, is saying whatever you want, but I think mm-hmm. how the transition that will go from Bill Belichick over to Josh McDaniels is going to be a big story this year because I wonder how much Josh McDaniels is going to be involved with the day-to-day. I think he's going to get probably a big percentage push to being more involved than he was last year, but just because of the fact I can see this being the last year for for Bill Belichick. Well, I mean, <laughs> it all depends, Sonny. Let's see how the – I mean, I think we fully all – we all fully expect the – Patriots to at least make it to the AFC championship game like they have the past, what, eight years in a row. So, yep. you know, with that said, I mean, but, you know, it really – so that's – we already expect that from the Patriots. But I think when it comes to the Patriots, and I think you really have to look at how it all unfolds. How do they get there? What's, what happens in order for them to get there? And if there's – things that kind of lead to why maybe they didn't make it or if there's just things that happen to where, you you know, the writing is on the wall that this team is just not happy with, with what they are anymore, even though they are successful. I mean, hell, you know, 
for God's sakes, Jerry Jones fired Jimmy Johnson after winning a Super Bowl. Like, how, yep. who does that? But the point is, <laughs> look, them two didn't see eye to eye as far as the future. And, you know, I mean, it just, it happened. And trust me, Robert Kraft would not hesitate to fire, um, to fire Bill Belichick or vice versa. I don't think Bill Belichick would be afraid to walk away from New England Absolutely. because he knows he knows his worth and he knows that any other team that he would go to would be instant success, even if it's the yeah. Cleveland Browns, for God's sake. Back again for the second time. Yeah, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. If Bill Belichick retires, I don't expect him to see on the sideline anywhere. If anything, he'll be in the booth, but I don't even think he has the patience enough to be in the booth, Cuervo. He's just not a patient guy. He's, he's that, he is the atypical grumpy old man in reality when you talk about Bill Belichick. Now, having been said, I want to get to the story that I kind of teased up on the other side. Colin Kaepernick. It's a very interesting story that is going on as as far as Colin Kaepernick is concerned. The legal team and everything for Colin Kaepernick right now is in the driver's seat because not only that, they got past an arbitrator, and they are saying that the NFL's you know, they they are going to have to go to trial regarding the grievance against. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and the owners of this football team. So when the arbitrator in reality is letting this this claim, this uh, case proceed, that means there is some there there is some teeth to what Colin Kaepernick is saying. And the reason why is is because he got past the arbitrator and is going to get set. So now. As you get going here, as far as where the ruling is and what's going on, you know, NFL, they're not going to answer any questions to it as far as that's concerned. They're going to let the legal side handle it. But the, the decision in reality means that there's significant evidence of collusion to keep Colin Kaepernick out of football. And now, whether that's owners, whether that's coaches or executives or whatever the case may be, who all are going to be called to testify regarding the situation right now, if the NFL was smart, uh, Cuervo, they'd write out a 12, 12 to uh, $15 million check and give it to Colin Kaepernick. How much? That's what I do. What do you do when you when you got a problem that's going to be a problem for you for a long time? Is you throw money at it, and I think the NFL oh, yeah, if they throw if, if they throw twelve mm-hmm. million at Colin Kaepernick, you'll never hear from them again. I, I, I you know I, I think because he can do a lot. First of all, he can do a lot with that money. So it would be a win-win in reality. It would be the win for the NFL, and it would be definitely a win for Colin Kaepernick in reality because he would be able to continue doing what he wants to do. And because, let's be honest, there's not a football team right now that would, would touch Colin Kaepernick, and this has nothing to do with what he's standing for. We're talking almost three years out of an NFL uniform, Cuervo, you know, you, you're you're not going to get that Colin Kaepernick who was average at best at that time. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, I guess if you know, it all depends too. Is is Colin Kaepernick going to be willing to settle, uh, or is he going to is he going to try and make a point of like, look, I don't want your money. I want the opportunity to play in the NFL again, and and. 
you know, for for him, I depends think on where his head point, is, right? Well, I think I think it's yeah. It all depends on where his head is, but I think it's where's the NFL on it. Um, you know, me personally, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, maybe 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 it's just my pride talking here. I'm not begging the team to sign me. Look, if you don't want me, you don't want me. That's fine. Um, but but don't don't you know write me off just because of what other people say about me. At least you know, just give me an opportunity. You know, let me do a workout for you. And if you don't like what you see, then just let me know. And and hey, thanks for the opportunity. And that's it. I think that's fair for Colin Kaepernick. At least give him an opportunity see where he's at physically and, and, you know, talk to him, see where he's at mentally as well. And that's, I mean, that's, that's all you can really do. And if you don't like what you hear, you don't like what you see, then, then, you know, then, you know, like, okay. Um, you know, Colin Kaepernick is just not a good fit for our football team or whatever, but it's just, what bothers me is that nobody's even given him an opportunity. Nobody's given him a chance. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, it, that's, to me, it's not very fair. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting that you use the word fair because there's another guy that could throw that out there. That could be a Des Bryant. I mean, now, granted, uh-huh. Des Bryant didn't do what he did, but, I mean, his mouth definitely is keeping him out, keeping him out of training camps or getting to work out and stuff like that, I mean, I would think. So the difference being is, is that – the the situation is is that the type of mouth that is running is the big difference in these in those two cases. You got Des Bryant who just won't shut up and stop being stupid, or more so this there's a guy that is you know organizing peaceful protests. And and what's the difference? Well, it's obviously the way the mouth is running. It's not the mouth running. It's the way that it's running. It is the big difference in reality when you look at Colin Kaepernick and, and Des Bryant in reality because of the fact of what Colin Kaepernick is trying to push forward, which is the agenda of obviously great you know great things which is we we want we want the kind of things that are happening to people when they're in custody of the police to stop mainly death or beatings or whatever the case may be more so than des bryant being a punk so there's the there's the huge difference between on how the mouth is flapping uh and obviously there's one that can get a paycheck and the one that can't um and i think colin kaepernick it, you know, the, just the NFL doesn't want to deal with this, and they're never going to admit a liability. So if they do get this thing closed down and they throw cash at them, it'll be on the it'll be on the thing that they're not going to admit to anything of what the accusations are of Colin Kaepernick. And then Colin Kaepernick will just have to keep his mouth shut about it, take the money, and try to do some good with it. So that that's where I think he. You know, I think where he is right now, if he really looks at his career, regardless of what the truth is, the fact of the matter is there's not any teams out there that are going to either A, give him a shot, or B, willing to give him a shot. So what good can he do? $12 million could probably do this guy a lot of good for his cause and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm with you. It's it's not good, bad, or different. It's just what it is, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, see how everything kind of works out. 
So, so good stuff there as far as that's concerned. Now, by the way, Cuervo, we talked a lot about a lot of guys making a lot of money and getting a lot of money. And I just say that for, you know, toward the last, you know, we'll probably talk about more things as we go on. But the fact of the matter is that the Giants get their guy. And the fact of the matter is that you say whatever you want about him, and I'm not a fan of him, but the, the New York Giants get their guy. And, you know, I, you know, I, I always said there's going to be a book written. And the book is going to be written by, you know, by a wide receiver who does not like his quarterback. I, I'm putting this out there. There is no question in my mind that, you know, Odell Beckham is not a fan of Eli Manning. I'm, I'm, I, I, and I'm just throwing that out there because this guy is not going to be politically incorrect by him saying that is definitely politically incorrect and not the right thing to do towards a t- t- teammate. But I got news for you. I don't think Odell Beckham is even happy that he has Eli Manning throwing him the football. I think he's just happy that he got the money. Um, and I think he'd be more, more happy as if he could get the uh, a quarterback that can deliver the ball. So my question is, first of all, he's got his money. Congratulations, Odell Beckham. But do you think, and I'm asking you personally, and your opinion, do you think there were some conversations about the quarterback position when the contract was being negotiated for Odell Beckham? Do I think, do I think that, that what was negotiated, so I didn't catch that. Uh, no conversations about the quarterback. Oh, okay. Yeah, w- were uh-huh. they were they being had while they were trying to uh, close this deal with Odell Beckham? I think it could. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're really going to get out of talking to him about Eli. I mean, he's going to he's going to have a, you know a good receiver. He's going to have his quarterbacks back. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, but that's my question. Do you think Odell Beckham likes that? That's my question. Do you think he likes him? Do you think he's he's satisfied with who's throwing him the football? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does throw to him a lot. So I mean, he's got that going for him. But uh, do I think? that he's absolutely in love with Eli. No, I just, I mean, you think about the age, the age gap. Yeah. Um, you know, that there, there's, there is a, there is, you know, a generational difference there. So do I think they're best friends? No, but I do think that, um, you know, they have a good working relationship and, and that's important. So. Um, I wonder I how good it is, Cuervo. You know, I, 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 I call me a pessimist, like I everybody calls me a pessimist. But I, I, there's something, there is something. I I don't think there's a love affair here at all. I I'm a, I'll be honest, and I'll put it out there. I don't think they like each other at all. I, well, hold on, let me rephrase that. I don't think Odell Beckham is a big fan of Eli Manning. And, and now, granted, I have never heard him say anything bad about him. I haven't seen him do anything in a physical way about him. I've never seen him attack him verbally out on the football field saying, get me the ball. And I think that's the reason why I feel this way. I, I don't know what it is, but I got a, I've got something. I think Odell Beckham wishes he had someone else throwing him the football. And I, 
you know, I, and, I, and I don't have the answer of who that would be that Odell Beckham wishes that they had better talent at the quarterback position that would go ahead and maybe highlight what he can do. Uh, that we talked about, hit him in stride. I mean, how often have we seen Odell Beckham have to stop or slow down or not be able to continue on with what he could do because the ball's not getting to him in the right way? I think I think there is problems with those two. I, I don't know what I don't know why I feel that way. And maybe it's because I think Odell is a little bit of a diva, but I will say that if Odell Beckham had a different quarterback that was quality, I think we would have a. I think we'd have a different Odell Beckham. I think. If what if what was quality the quarterback? Yes. Come on, because well, I mean, have you looked at the rankings, Cuervo? There was a rankings that came out a couple of weeks ago, and and, mm-hmm. and Eli Manning wasn't in the top uh, top fifteen because they only had fifteen quarterbacks ranked, and Eli Manning wasn't there. Well, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, the numbers don't—they're not—they're not off the charts anymore, you know. Or actually, they never were, but you know, they're even with Odell Beckham, they're not exactly off the charts with with him, but. You know, I think for the amount of targets that Odell Beckham gets, I mean, he really doesn't have much to complain about. So uh, even asking him a question like that would probably be, you know, you wouldn't get much out of asking him that. So, yeah, that, that's why, I just, you know. I'm, I'm just wondering if that conversation came up when they were dealing with the, with the new contract and everything else. I, I just wonder. I just wonder. And it's me, and I know I'm an idiot. Hey, there's something to be said about being an admitted idiot. So, you know, so you already look bad, so you can't look any worse. So, yeah, I put it out there. Um, I, I, just, I just think, you know, and maybe I'll be proven right later on down the road. But I, 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 I don't know if I want to call it a hatred, but I think Odell Beckham wants a different quarterback. And, and just – because I listen to him, and I, I don't hear a lot of praises about Eli Manning, but I also don't hear him ripping them. Um, but, you know, so I, I, think, I think that could be uh, – I don't know. I just think that there's something there. I, I think he wishes he had a different quarterback. I, I do. I don't know. I mean, you know, there, there's really no telling, Sonny. I mean, um, it, it all – Good feeling. <laughs> depend yeah i mean you know it's 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 just uh, to me i think it's not a question that you can ask i think you just have to kind of just based off of body language and and reactions to certain things you know like okay odell's he's good with having eli or he can't stand having eli's quarterback it's you're really not going to get a solid answer from him if you ask i'm sure but i think through actions on the field and body language, that, that'll tell you all you want to know. Yeah, so I guess we'll find out this year because obviously, now with the, with the money that Odell Beckham, he doesn't see it until next year. So all I'm hearing is about how great of a season that he's going to have, but he's going to have to get him a quarterback that can get him the ball. And when I go back and I look at the fact that they put out the top 15 players and the noticeable name that was not on that top 15 was Eli Manning, which is where I had him. I had him at 15 or 16 at best. And so even the experts so-called 
world experts were saying the same thing, of course, after I said it. I think that's the reason why they got it. But you take away, <laughs> take away from that, I just, you know, you know, the top 15, Eli Manning, not on that list. So I'm going to ask you, Cuervo, I, I can't even remember where I've seen it. It was a flash, and I don't know if you've seen it. Someone was ranking the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, and Eli Manning was nowhere to be seen on that top 15. Do you agree with that placement, or do you think Eli should be in the top 15? Oh, no, no. He's, he's not a top 15 quarterback. He's definitely not. Um, good. I'm glad I that don't I'm not think... crazy, so no. that, that's good. I feel good. <laughs> no, no, you're not the only... We might be the only two, though, Sonny, just, just, just so you know, but no, I mean, look, all this young talent that's up and coming now, that's why Eli's coming down the list, and not to mention his age. His age doesn't help either, so it's kind of a double whammy for Eli Manning. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, do I think he's, you know, still a starter in the league? Yeah. I think he, you know, he's, he still has what it takes to be a starter. I just don't right. think he's a top 15 starter. Um, so, you know, Eli you know, Manning the giant- 37 years old, Cuervo. Isn't that amazing? He's 37 years old, and we're talking about some of these other quarterbacks that are getting up there in age. Eli Manning is 37. So, I mean, so, you know, we're talking about Tom Brady. I I think he's 42, I think. I think, or I'm not sure how. I have to look that up. But, I mean, but we're not talking about Eli Manning. But here's what I will do, Cuervo. I'm going to be the first to say it, okay? When he becomes the Backup quarterback, he will be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So I'll give him that. Because I think, listen, there are guys that have made career being backup quarterback. All you got to do is look at the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Wright. I mean, that's all you got to do is look at him. I mean, this dude, you know, won a Super Bowl. I mean, won a championship in college and the backup role, playing the big significant part. I think Eli Manning could be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. The only problem with Eli Manning being a backup quarterback is there's always will be a quarterback controversy wherever he's at being the backup. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right, too. Um, you know, I think he'll, he'll be a solid backup for, for anybody. Um, you know, but the fact is, he's still starting. So, yep. Uh, I think I think he'd rather be a, a, a you know a bottom feeder starter than a, than a top top tier backup. You know, I think I any agree. quarterback would take that. That's why I think the Arizona Cardinals made a big mistake by not going after him. The Arizona. The, the reason why this fits, and I'll, I'll tell you, look at Kurt Warner. Now, as much as I don't want to admit Eli Manning's going to get into the Hall of Fame, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I, I, I hate the fact that he is, um, but he is. But the Arizona Cardinals, before they started getting good and started, starting to talk about guys that will lead their football team, they never got good until they got a Hall of Fame-type quarterback, whether that be Kurt Warner or Carson, uh, Carson Palmer, who is borderline Hall of Fame. So – Eli, the Arizona Cardinals would be best to go after this guy because he fits the mold of that football team. You need that quarterback, and the Arizona Cardinals are not a good football team without a Hall of Fame-type quarterback. It's just the way their history has played out over the years, especially when they went to Arizona in 1987. 
They they had guys that were, you know, kind of good quarterbacks, but not Hall of Fame type of quarterbacks. And when they didn't have them, they weren't worth a they weren't worth a damn, and they're not worth a damn now. Uh, and they'll realize that after one year with Sam Bradford at the quarterback position, that they need an Eli Manning type of guy. And I think that's where the Arizona Cardinals should go after. I think the Arizona Cardinals should go after the Giants. I think that Mariota should go up to New York, or whether it be your guy. Uh, headed over there. Um, so like the movement of quarterbacks, I think this next year, I think we're going to see a lot of movement of quarterbacks next year, uh, guys to different teams and things like that, even more so than what we're seeing. But we're going to have bigger names like Eli Manning move around, Marcus Mariota uh, guys. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see some movement of some big names. No, and you know, I mean, and that's that's the way the business is going now in the NFL. I mean, it's it's not necessarily lack of loyalty. It's just look, that's the business now. Business um, is business. That's it. That yeah, that's really what it comes down to, Sonny. So uh, that's why it's important nowadays. It's like you got to perform, or else you know everybody's replaceable. Yep, big time. And and that and that's what the NFL is about, and that's what the Players Association is trying to get away from. The 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 NFL loved that, but that's where the Players Associations are getting in. It's where you're getting guys that are getting guaranteed money more so. And now, granted, they're not going to go out the whole numbers that they're talking about, but that guaranteed money has to be big numbers for guys so um, they can you know look at their future and where it's going to be. So. That that's the huge thing uh, as far as loyalty doesn't mean anything unless there's green attached to it. Just ask Aaron Rodgers because I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron Rodgers would have been on the move if they didn't get that thing squared away. I had a feeling that Aaron Rodgers would be on a different football team, maybe a different football team that had a, you know that had a decent offensive line that could protect him. So that was the big thing that I worried about as far as if you're a Green Bay Packer fan now. On the other side, Cuervo, we gave a lot of love, and I mean a lot of love to a team in the NFC West. Um, and I'm talking about the 49ers because I have them playing, playing well into the playoffs this year, Cuervo. And that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. They lose their running back. I mean, when you lose McKinnon, now the, the, the idea of McKinnon was going he was going to be the workhorse at that running back position to help Jimmy G be as good as he possibly can. I think the combination of those two were going to be the reason why we've seen success. The 49ers, I think, took a hit with this loss. ACL gone is Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, big loss, Sonny. I mean, that's it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, this is a move that uh that they made in in hopes that he was going to be their uh, you know, guy that that will carry the load replacing Carlos Hyde over in San, in uh, San Francisco and you know, I mean, they have Alfred Morris if you didn't know that. The, the 49ers do. They they signed I Alfred did. Morris. I did know. It. And they have uh, so, uh, uh Mustard as well. Raheem Mustard, I, 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 and I just knew mm-hmm. of that because because of the movement of the quarterback positions in uh, Washington. You know, there, there were names being mentioned, and uh, a couple of them were coming from the backups quarterbacks 
from the uh, from the 49ers. So I knew what those names who were already there. But man, oh man, this one it, it just changes the dynamics of how good that 49ers can be with Jimmy G at the quarterback position. And I'm not saying Jimmy G is not a good quarterback, but I'm saying that there's got to be a lot of things that are clicking in order for him to be there. And that's got to be a running back, whether it's him blocking for him, whether it's him getting out on, you know, doing a quick block and getting out on third down or just running the rock. And and which in reality, look at the 49ers. They haven't anybody really run the rock for a long time. And and I slowly, with that signing of Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, I'm slowly seeing a team getting back to a storied history, at least on the way, by making good moves as a franchise. And first of all, signing Jimmy G was on. Jarek McKinnon was another. Making some moves on the defensive side of the ball that made sense for this football team was a big move for him as well. Instead of taking the long shot or the big shot on certain guys, and, and they stole Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm telling you right now, they stole Jimmy Garoppolo away from the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to fall flat on their face, you know, two to three years after Tom Brady hangs them up. They, they lost their franchise quarter, continually uh, franchise quarterback for, you know, 10, 10 years, uh, you know, after uh, Tom Brady decides to hang them up. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I guess we'll, you know, we're never going to know, like, what – could have been in New England with Jimmy G, but, uh, you know, it's just going to be really interesting to see how, what happens with the Patriots once Tom Brady retires, you know, is, is, uh, you know, who's going to be the, who's going to be the quarterback? Is Bill Belichick going to stick around? Like who goes first? Is it going to be Belichick or Brady? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions (laughs) when it comes to the Patriots and, in their future. I mean, all we know right now is that those two guys are still there. And as long as those two guys yep. are there, uh, it's going to be, you know, Great they're going to, they're going to be for the next couple of years. Isn't it, Cuervo? it is just because of, you know, just like, just like with the bulls in the nineties, like, you know, is Jordan going to leave first? Is Phil Jackson going to leave first? I mean, they wind up both walking out the door pretty much together. So it's yep. the same situation here with Belichick and Brady. When you talk about the great dynasties in sports, um, you know, that's that's what you look at. Awesome stories. Now, that having been said, we got to get our first one on record, Cuervo, as the Thursday night football game. We won't be on before then, so we got to go ahead and we got to grab that one up. We got to look at it. So that having been said, of course, that's the Thursday night game. The Atlanta Falcons, they go on the road. They're taking on the other birds, that being the Dirty Birds of Atlanta, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Obviously, the big story is quarterback, and they're not going to have their guy in Philadelphia. So that means Foles, the MVP, the guy is going to be the guy. And how is they going to match up against an Atlanta Falcons team as they move forward, Cuervo? This game here is a big set on both sides of it because the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons, listen, we already know where we thought they would be. A loss here would just kind of help that positioning where we thought the Atlanta Falcons were. But 
That having been said, Philadelphia, with some of the things that have been happening with them, especially at the quarterback position, this is a big story here, Cuervo. You know, so when we're looking at this game, Atlanta heading to Philadelphia, what are you looking at Thursday night for this game as, you know, the, being the big keys into the game? Uh, I mean, well, you know, it's, you know, see how Nick Foles looks after, you know, getting all the first team reps in the preseason and all that good stuff. Um, you know, obviously with the situation, uh, you know, in Atlanta, uh, you know, see what type of Julio Jones you're getting. Is it going to be a disgruntled guy or a guy that's just going to man up and say, look, you know, we'll take care of business when we can and, and that's it. So we'll see. I think the big story in reality is exactly what you talk about. No Carson Wentz. And we can, if, you, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, if you're expecting Carson Wentz back before six weeks, you're nuts. Um, I, you know, there, there's no need. And especially the reason why there's no need, Cuervo, is if the Philadelphia Eagles can get off starting, there's no need to rush this guy back. So the important thing is but all the records and all the things that are being talked about, Cuervo, is Carson Wentz being back a lot quicker than what anybody really ever expected in reality. And I, I I don't know. To me, it, it seems like a very stupid move to bring this guy back. Obviously, he is your franchise. He is your guys. But it is already reported that Bulls will start that game in reality. Um, so, mm-hmm. but... I, you know, to me, I don't know. I would have put me. I would have put Carson Wentz on the pup list. That way, you could fill the roster spot with another backup just in case. Because I, if you're the Eagles, you don't. I don't think you really want to see Carson Wentz out there before six weeks in the season. I really don't. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't think you want to coddle him either, though, Sonny. I mean, if he's if he's ready to go, then. You know, you gotta put you gotta put Carson Wentz in. Um, I get being cautious is one thing, but I don't think you want to coddle him either, just because of how valuable he is to the to the football team. Um, so, I mean, with that said, I mean, I would say yeah, I'd say maybe the month of September he should probably sit out, kind of just kind of ride Nick Foles along until, you know, he's until Wentz is, you know. Like no doubts about it, ready to go. Um, so it's going to be, you know, that it's, it's, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it's treading certain type of water. I, I forget how to say, it, but like you know, just certain way to go about it. And you know, we'll. I'm sure the Eagles will make a good decision. Doug Peterson will make the right right choice as far as when to bring him back, and you know, they'll be ready to. He'll be ready to play when he's ready. I'm just wondering if there will be a panic mode regarding Carson Wentz and regarding the Eagles. If the Eagles don't get off to a good start this season, I think we could end up seeing that. I think that's something that could be in reality. It could be a reality in, you know, for, for this football team as they move forward because if they get off to the slow start, and, of course, we, we could sit here and talk all day long what could be expected, but – you know, the, the NFC East is one of those divisions of football where it's very it, it, it's smash mouth football, and that type of smash mouth football 
you know, and you've got an injured quarterback, I don't think it's good for you as a football team. Now, that having been said, you look you look at the the, the schedule for them. This is a great schedule to have Carson Wentz injured. You you get Atlanta, you get Tampa Bay, and you get the Indianapolis Colts in week one, two, and three. That's a great way to start out your season when you don't have your number one quarterback. And, you know, it, it then even arguably going to Tennessee. So you got the first four games, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, and Tennessee before they hit meat of the schedule, which would be the Minnesota Vikings. And maybe by that time, they could have Carson Wentz back. But the first four games are setting up perfect for a Carson Wentz not being in the lineup. Now you go on to the other side, and as far as the stories are concerned, and, and, you know, there's always going to be stories, but the Julio Jones thing, I think if there's anything that helped the Julio Jones factor was the fact that Odell Beckham signed his contract because he knows he's going to get his. Regardless of what's going to happen, whether it be with the Atlanta Falcons or another football team, but at least for 2018, he's going to be right there, and he gets an opportunity to use this year, if he doesn't get the signing that he wants, to use this year to prove his worth, and maybe he even gets more money than Odell Beckham. So I think you're right, Cuervo. I think the fact that they, you know having a happy Julio Jones is what's best for this football team, but we're not going to see a signing of that contract, and I think that's going to be on Julio Jones more so than than the Atlanta Falcons, because when that deal was signed for Odell Beckham, I bet you Atlanta wanted to get a deal done with him really quick so they could try to save a little money too, but still give him his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, as we, as we've seen, it's, it's almost like you, you pay one guy, but you have to be willing to get, you know, let another one go. So Right. A lot of sacrifice happening so you know so far in this preseason or in really the off season. Is it me or is it, have we seen a lot of low scores in the preseason? I haven't watched them, Cuervo, but I saw I saw a five to nothing score. I saw a ten to nine um, with the Eagles and the Jets. Um, I think it was a Thursday night when they played. Um, so we're seeing some low scores in, in preseason, and, and I don't know what the answer is to that, or if it means anything. What do you think? Um, well, they're showing the NFL Network right now the replay of the Steelers and the uh, Panthers. That game was pretty high scoring. So it's yeah. really there's been a few high scoring games, but yeah, you're right. For the most part, it's been it's been low to medium. Yeah, twenty-seven um, you know, to nothing. three. Uh, you know, number. I mean, I, I'm looking at these numbers: seventeen to six, twenty-three. Well, twenty-three, seventeen is okay, but sixteen to six. I mean, you know, we're seeing you know, you know, thirteen to six uh, scores. We're seeing a lot of low numbers, and I, I found that interesting. I thought it stood out to me quite a bit, and it's obviously started with the five to nothing Cleveland and Philadelphia. Uh, in the week four. So I, I just, it was, I just found it interesting how low those numbers are at this time of the season. And I wonder if it will leak into the first part of the season. Um, and because obviously Philadelphia being part of the five to nothing against the Cleveland Browns, and then the Cleveland Browns go and score 35 against Detroit last night. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's I've seen these numbers and I'm kind of wondering where they might be. But you know, picking this game is really tough because I don't I don't know if we're gonna I don't know if I trust Nick Foles. And I'm not saying Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. I'm just saying I don't know where his mindset is, but when you look on the other side of it, the Atlanta Falcons, they need Matt Ryan to be a Matt Ryan that he can be because this season with this division, they got, they got two other teams that they got to look out. Tampa Bay, I think is a wash. That one's gone away, but they still got to figure out to beat the Panthers and the saints and still manage to either a win the division or even what might even be harder is to grab a wild card. If they're not going to win football games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good year, Sonny. I can't wait. I mean, we say that every year, though. It's going to be a great year, you know, just because the feeling of football being back for, you know, for games that actually mean something. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be good. I can't who wait. Who do you think you got in this game? Who you who are you going to pick to win this game on Thursday night? As far as you know, looking at both sides of the football, you know, who's going to win it? I, you know, I'm leaning Atlanta. Just more so in the fact that it, it's so important for them to get out of the, uh, the gate, and this is a team that typically does get out of the gate where they drop the balls in the second half of the season. Um, I, you know, I, I hate to say there's almost a, a must-win situation, but I think that must-win has to come from Atlanta because they can't afford to get behind the Panthers or the Saints in reality. So this is a big game. You know, Obviously, it means something. Number two, where they are within the division because obviously most people are picking the Saints to win this division, Cuervo. Heck, and, and if I'm not mistaken, you and I both have Atlanta in third place in this division. So I think it's important for them to get out there for, you know, first and foremost in week number one and against a good football team and they can measure where they're going to be headed for the rest of the season or at least for the foreseeable future within the next three or four weeks. Yeah, it, it is, and yeah, you're right. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons, we both have them finishing third. Uh, but I'm leaning. No, I, I I just think it's too much for the Falcons to overcome. You know, being on the road, playing against the defending champions. Um, you know, Precious. offensively, you know what? Yeah, what kind of what? Which Julio are you going to get? Are we going to get a Matt Ryan with confidence now that he's paid, or are we going to get a guy that? that actually still cares about winning and still cares about production? Or is it like, okay, well, I got my payday and I'm good now. Like, what, which yeah. Matt Ryan are we getting? You know, and I hate to say that about guys, but let's face it. How many times have we seen certain guys get paid and then all of a sudden they forget how to play? It's like, yeah, okay, exactly. that's, not a coin- that's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence, you know what I mean, Tony? So it happens all the time. <laughs> And so that's why I'm worried about the Atlanta Falcons. You know, they, they pay Matt Ryan. I think Devontae Freeman got some money this offseason as well. And you got a pissed off Julio Jones. So offensively, where are they? Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm telling you, it's not going to be the, the same. Is the pissed off Julio Jones think. a good thing or is it a bad thing? Because you know, depending on who it is, if you got a pissed off wide receiver, that's actually sometimes good for you. But is Julio Jones pissed off a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, we don't know because we've never been in that situation to see it up until this point. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we haven't. I mean, he's he's. 
I, if I'm not mistaken, he's playing and he's in the games. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, again, regular season is different from the preseason. You know, guys, guys will show you what they what you want to see in the preseason, and then come regular season, you know, two catches for 27 yards or something crazy like what and the hell happened to Julio Jones. Yep. All they got to do is step out on so, the football field. They get that year. They get that year salary, regardless what happens to them. And it doesn't matter how they get to them, whether it be you know uh, a, a catastrophic injury or just from the team. They still get their money, regardless what. They could cut them all day long, but they're still going to get their money. So that's that's where the advantage is for the players. That you know, even if they have a crappy season, they can they can they'll still end up getting their money. So. The big big time in this one. I, I I'm gonna go with the gut. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I know they're on the road and I know I should probably pick the Philadelphia Eagles in this game because they're Super Bowl champions. You got Nick Foles coming off, but man, I'm not a big believer in the Philadelphia Eagles this year anyway, and I'm not a believer in Foles. I think there's a lot of things that could end up happening. I you know, as far as Will there be a controversy with you know Carson Wentz wanting to come back or not? Um, you know, some already they're getting flack on the um, the um, Mike Ditka answer. Next question, and, you know, it's you know, it, it, which the, you know Peterson has been taking a beating on as far as not answering questions, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter, but. I, I don't know what it is. I like the Atlanta Falcons in this game because I thought they would get a couple of games that they probably shouldn't to where they would be close in the wild card, you know, you know, fighting that battle, whether it's against either one of them, you know, uh, the uh, Saints or the uh, Panthers. So, and I think this was one of the games when I was looking at them coming off the Super Bowl hangover, maybe it'll start early for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's why I win Atlanta. I mean, you know, and, 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 and those are good reasons why, Sonny. I, I just think the atmosphere and, and, and everything that's, that adds into being on the road on opening night, um, it just doesn't, doesn't spell out uh, you know, very well for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I get it. Last year, hey, Kansas City pulled it off, right? They did. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, I think the way that the, the Chiefs attacked New England in that game, if you go back and you YouTube the, the replay or however you watch games from the past, um, you know, Kansas City is a very unique offense with the, with the speed that they have on that team. And yep. uh, that's something that the Atlanta Falcons don't have. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying Julio Jones is slow, uh, but he doesn't have 4-3 speed either. Um, you know, he's no Tyreek Hill, so... No, uh, and in exactly. Calvin Ridley, the rookie coming out of Bama uh, for for the Atlanta Falcons, um, you know he's not that fast either. You know he's a, he's a small guy, but he's not he's not four three speed like a Tyree Kill. So it's um, that that's why I say like you know that type of shock in a game and, and whatnot. Um, I, I don't think you're going to get that again like you did last year. So it's. That's why I'm going with the Eagles. I just think the emotion that's going to be opening night for the Philadelphia Eagles and, and the fan base and, and everything, um, it's going to be a lot to overcome for the, for the Atlanta Falcons. So that's why I like I like the Eagles to win. Eagles, and so we're on the other side. We'll try, try to get – do we know if uh, – ah, 
Um, and uh, Todd's saying he's going to go the Eagles as well. Um, and uh, Brian, I'm not sure who he's end up picking. Maybe we'll find. Is he going to be on today? Do you know? I imagine he is. I hope we've so. We've been kind of talking. Yeah, because we've been we've been talking a little bit about well. Back and forth, I heard, um, you know, a little talk about um, uh, how bad opening uh, week of college football was. So I'll ask you, since we got nine about seven minutes left to go, you, you were disappointed in what you've seen in week number one. Is it because of the schedule or because of the play that was out on the football field? I think it's a combination, Sonny. I mean, you know, the, the, there was, what, maybe two good games yesterday. That Auburn-Washington game was good. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I, I would say probably the next best game was, boy, that was really it <laughs> to be, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Cause the, because the Michigan Notre Dame Michigan, failed well, Michigan to be Notre Dame exciting was good. at all. No, oh, Mich- it wasn't yeah, good. It was, Where, good. Bo, it was, it was, I don't, I well, think not, I, I, for Michigan fans, it wasn't. Well, for Michigan it, fans, it, it wasn't. But. Even more so. But, but you know, I don't know. I, I thought the quality was a little bit low on both sides. I was, I was, I was expecting more from Notre Dame in reality in that game. So I, I think it was a fail on both sides of it. But Notre Dame obviously getting the victory uh, against the Michigan Wolverines in week number one um, is, is a big, uh, big thing. So uh, just to let you know, Todd Mintz, he goes ahead. He picks the Eagles in this game on Thursday night. Uh, I got Cuervo with the Eagles. I'm going Atlanta. Um, so we'll try to find out from Brian Tarvin what he's going to be picked. If he's on tonight, we'll uh, try to push it in there. And What time is he usually on over there? Is, he, like, is it 7 um, Central or 6 Central? Or, or 7 no, like Eastern seven or, or 6? Yeah, like 7 or 7.30 Eastern. So I guess okay. it'll be 6 or 6.30 your time. Very good. Well, we'll watch for that. If he gets on, I'll, I'll join that. I laid down and I missed it. I, I laid down after. I mean, we did five hours last week. I mean, we were on a roll. And not only that, it was a great show. I went back and listened to that, mm-hmm. and I, I put it all on one tape. I downloaded them, and then I made one thing. And I, you know, I worked a six-hour shift one day, and I listened to most of that show. We were money. I, it, but you know, when are we not? You know, when we're not money. Um, so. We, <laughs> We finished it out here uh, after three hours, did a great job. Was there anything you wanted to cover that we didn't? I, I got a lot of what we missed in the last couple of weeks as well. Is there anything that you wanted to cover before we're out of here? Mm, I think, you know, honestly, Sonny, we covered all the news that I can think of. Um, yeah. You know, Any as far changes? as, like. Any changes that you that you would think that you'd want to make as far as that is concerned? Ah, uh, well, I mean, as much as I'd like to bump up the Bears a little bit, I think I'm going to hold off on doing that. Look, you know, Khalil Mack is amazing, amazing pickup for them. Do I think he's yep. he's a, a guy that's worth an extra two to three wins? Probably not. Um, but, you know, hopefully he makes a huge impact on the Bears, and it could help win a game maybe two at the most. So, you know, I, uh, but I think he can that, be a I big mean, thing. I think he, I think he alone could get you three. I, I, I think you, I think you having a lot of hope and prayer for the, for the bears right now. 
I think it, it's well set. I think it's I think it's something that you could you can look to and say, you know, th- that's that's a huge improvement. And, and the main reason is the position where about defensive line. I mean, we talk about it all the time, man. That's one of the hardest the, you know, hardest positions. First of all, to get, and then second of all, be able to maintain through the whole year. And that Khalil Mack, and the way he can play two positions, Cuervo, is really huge for this football team. So you get the versatility of what he is. And I, I, I could see why you'd want to move him up three games. I don't know if that changes where they would be as far as the standings are concerned, but I am. I'm making the change, Cuervo. We talked about, I, you know, we, we talked about this division in football, you know, and, and I liked where I saw the Lions, but, you know, all the things I've read, read because I don't watch too many. The Lions are not looking good. I had the Lions in third place in this division, Cuervo, or uh, second place in this uh, division behind the Green Bay Packers. So obviously, you know, the the, um, the Minnesota Vikings and the uh, um, Bears are teams that could move. Uh, so I'm actually going to ship the Lions down. I'm going to bring your Bears to second place in this division. I don't trust Minnesota oh, wow. whatsoever in this division, Cuervo. I don't trust. I don't trust them at all because of their quarterback position, and I think it's going to show big time. I I, I can't wait for week number one in the Minnesota Vikings to fall on their face. Well, I can tell you're a big Vikings fan, Tony. That's. <laughs> So. I love the Vikings last year, Cuervo. I don't think anybody else liked the, Cuervo, the Vikings as much as I did. The, the signing at the quarterback position is it was it's so horrible. I, I just I, I feel so bad for that football team. Um, you know, I, and and I know how everybody feels, and I know you know everybody likes what ended up happening. I am not one of them. And Minnesota, they start with San Francisco. They're going and just to put my pick out there, they're gonna lose that game at home against the San Francisco Forty ers You know, so it, it, I gotta look at the I gotta look at the running back position before I make that official. But my my gut telling me that they're going to lose that game to start it off, so it'll be real interesting. So, hey, we did it three hours, Cuervo. I mean, and it goes by like nothing. And yeah, it definitely did. Uh, felt like I just got on. I mean, we've been on for well, – I've been on for two hours and 48 minutes. Yeah. Came uh, in a couple yeah, of minutes. It, it, I, I gave you some time to talk uh, uh, indoor football league. I don't know if you actually did, but – no, uh, that's why I, I came in a couple I, minutes late. I it, we we are now in full NFL role in NFL gear, so uh, that's where we're going to be at. So you know, it, you know, it is. It just is what it is. It's it's going to be. I I can't. You know, week number one, red zone. That's around the corner as well, Cuervo. That's that's always a big one, as well. So look out for that and red zone and Scott Hansen. You know doing as good as he does year in and year out on that product. Boy, has that changed football over the years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but, I, I mean, the, there's no other way to watch football, Sonny, than, than NFL Red Zone. I mean, come on. Let's, let's be, I can't, let's I can't not hardly be silly even watch a this. game on, on broadcast TV. It's hard to, it's hard to even watch. <laughs> yep. Exactly. T- a tough one. 
So that's what I'm going to do. My only change is the Bears, and before we jump on to too much, I'm going to give you time this week to think about who's going to make the playoffs and who we do, uh, who we think are going to make the Super Bowl. So I wanted to get this preseason out of the way, see if there was any big losses, and there were some big losses, as I expected, in the preseason. We'll talk about playoffs and championships, and, of course, we'll cover them all next week on the Couch Potato Sports Show starting at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. So set your clocks back. <laughs> Not literally, but, that's you know, right. but, you know, it is what it is. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch back. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll I'll let everybody know and get everybody set up for the week. So, so for Cuervo, for me, I am Sonny Clark. I just lost my computer, so I usually get some outro music. Not going to happen unless I can get it back up here really quick, and I don't think it will. But join us also this week as on Thursday, 2 p.m., we have the pregame show of the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team. They are taking on the across-the-bridge rivals. Of course, that is the Rockwall Yellow Jackets, and the game is on Friday at 7.30, not 7. So just to let everybody know, when they play games over in Rockwall, their kickoff is 7.30, so don't forget about that. Um, so we'll kick it off at 7.30 on Friday. That's going to do it for us. Everybody have a great day. I'm Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with Cuervo. We'll catch you next week for week number one of the NFL. Everybody have a good Ooh, day. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care, Sonny.